This episode is brought to you by Zeratech Software Development. Are you a company whose commitment to excellence demands effective software tools? Let the team at Zeratech Software Development help build or enhance your technological systems with mobile, web, and backend solutions. You can find them at zeratech.com. That's X-E-R-A-T-E-C.com. Hey guys, on today's episode of the podcast, I sat down and chatted with Dr. Zachary Bowers. Zach has a PhD and a master's degree in neuroscience, which he got from Central Michigan University, uh, with his bachelor's in psychology and biology from Saginaw Valley State University. Uh, And he teaches college level classes in these fields in neuroscience and psychology. Uh, So it's fun to pick his brain about psychology. How did he get into that world? uh, What that's meant for him? I hope you guys enjoy this one. Welcome to the Obsessed Podcast. I'm your host, Logan Herkus. In this podcast, we get to meet and hear from folks who are obsessed with a wide array of interesting endeavors. We dive into some awesome stories and look at the mindsets and the psychology of those who are obsessed. Let's go. Zach, thanks for coming in. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I was, uh, we're going to go many different directions, right? Uh, we can go this way or that way, but I guess first to fit the theme of the podcast, I brought you on thinking about psychology, right? You're a psychology uh, professor. And is that like if for a number one passion, is that it? Neuroscience, uh, I would argue. Some okay. people see them as synonymous. Like I would argue they're, I, so like the thing is like, if you just use the definition of neuroscience, it would be the underlying neurobiology, physiology, and sometimes discussion of like how the organ systems it's a very broad topic Mm -hmm. but i really do see it in the same way that i put a lot of uh like human knowledge areas is neuroscience kind of comes first because you need the neurons to talk about the psychology of it Mm -hmm. but yeah so neuroscience uh i guess i'm curious and, and and obviously this is a huge question we can take it back as far as you want but how do you get to that point like at what age were you when when this world of neuroscience or psychology or any of these worlds are even on your radar uh i guess can you talk me through that i'm just curious you were you were a young kid you read a lot and then it led to this life or what i mean so like i was reading but i wasn't i mean i remember reading popular science so like i remember talking to someone and we had discussed the fact that i did i mean i looked at popular science popular what was the other one? There's popular engineering or something along those lines. Popular mechanics, sorry. Okay. And it was, uh, yeah, those were great. I always, I mean, I think everybody, that's the great thing about psychology is a lot of people will come in, even students will come in and say, I want to know more about myself, hmm. you know? And so, and it's, it is that kind of catch 22 of where you're trying to not only figure out who you are, but also understand the field in which you're going into. And it's like a chicken and the egg. There's, it's just kind of like, where does one start and where does one end? Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, for me, it really was, I, I kind of distinctly remember it was in a psychology class. It was a great psychology class. I think it was a theories of learning class. So probably like a 300 level class, but I had originally wanted to operate hotels. Like that was everything I ever wanted to do. And I was working towards that. But again, you kind of have this moment of realization and as a lot of people, I, I'm a big proponent of general education courses. Like, mm-hmm. So general education courses do a great job of if you allow them of figuring out the things you don't know and that you didn't think to ask but sitting in a psychology class 
we were talking about behaviorism, talking about Watson, Skinner. Then we were talking about the fact of like the black box, this idea of that everything in between the ears didn't matter as much. All you really had to do was measure what was coming out. Mm -hmm. And to me, I was no like i was like that seems like the fundamental starting point you know and like again it was i'm not that old but even 15 years ago neuroscience itself was you know still rapidly changing as it is now and so like we didn't even have a neuroscience major at my school Hmm. but and then i and then again you're taking these courses with so it was a heavily behaviorist psychology department where my undergraduate was at and they were all very theoretical i mean the idea that philosophy flows into psychology the two are very closely related and the idea of what is learning what is epistemology what is memory those things really were enticing we talked about those a lot and then you sit back and you look and you go okay and kind of like i said to you earlier today was if you you only have you have one life and so you have to choose what information you're going to look at and if i you really want to understand what does it mean to be human or even try to start getting at that really you go kind of again it's like a funnel like an upside down funnel and so you got the spigot at the one end and it's nice and thin and so that is that is neurobiology of course you have most of the pure subjects before that but anything you want to talk about with human existence you have to talk about the nervous system Mm-hmm. And so if I, I thought I, I mean, not naively, it's always good to be naive, but like I was so excited about, I thought that there was going to be some clear answers on certain things like what is memory and what is, how do we perceive all this? Why does it look this way when I open my eyes? Things like that. And it wasn't as clear. Obviously nothing ever looks the way you think it's going to. And, but really it was that course guess junior year probably somewhere around there and then i mean roll forward from there found we had a lab there was a neuroscience lab at svsu and i was wandering around the neurobiology department or the biology department so really saginaw valley if people aren't familiar with it it's a small regional university in central michigan it's a great school it really is it's a fantastic fantastic dorms fantastic place set in a beautiful landscape and the instructors really are great small student class ratio got up shamelessly plug them Mm -hmm. and then uh but we it really was the pure like so you had the college of psychology or psychology department and then you had the biology department and those weren't in there there was a few people that obviously wanted to work across the lines but those were very this is your discipline this is our discipline and we don't intermix neuroscience i saw as a, a way to inter to be interdisciplinary like to have multiple fields and so like i went from the psychology department and if you look at my transcript i really was psychology and biology and so there was a uh, neuroscientist a neuroendocrinologist from msu in there dr lang and got really close with him started doing research projects and it was great it was it was giving me an understanding of human nature that was a little more rooted in empiricism like so actual research i mean uh, molecular research that seemed to have a clear, you know, cause a causal mechanism. And that was really, really rewarding. The same way that an introduction psychology course is very rewarding. But when you start working up to those really, you know, cognition and things like that, there are labs and there are groups of people that have very clear under more of a clear understanding of those topics and how you could translate that to human existence and things you can put into action 
but we the field of neuroscience is still really really limited in a lot of areas Mm -hmm. so but that was helpful to get those answers yeah that was sorry a big roundabout answer no no it was good the so that was later on but you said initially you wanted to run hotels like when did that come to be i guess i'm curious again uh, or the early stages of how you got to the point and then i want to get into the actual field and all that kind of stuff i mean early stages i mean i came from a, a relatively rural location i mean my friends would joke that we were uh that we that we were Amish that we because we we really did have almost any electronics there was no electronics present. I read books. I read uh, so that was pretty much the thing that drove me. Our school had limited resources as mm-hmm. a rural school does. Me and my wife have actually talked about that quite a bit. Is just you don't choose where you're born. You don't choose what you're born into. And the schools we had were you know we didn't offer calculus. That wasn't even nobody in the area was even capable of teaching it. But. It really, I mean, you have these moments where you, you forks in the road, I guess, if you want to describe it like that, where you decide, hey, what do I want to do? And again, I mean, a lot of it came about, obviously, we had our son really young, so you had to figure out who you are relatively quickly or try to think you can start figuring that out relatively quickly. But yeah, I mean if you met me in high school most of the a lot of my friends have said what were you hit on the head you Mm -hmm. know because some i don't know it just uh, somewhere around going from high school to going to college and starting to be able to take the courses i wanted to and then finding inherent value like it felt rewarding to again start chunking off human pieces of human knowledge and again we all struggle with the same you know what is the point of all this why am i here you know things like that what impact will I have? And yeah, it really just the introduction textbooks. I, I, I ate them up. I loved them. I meet my wife jokes, but I read textbooks for fun. Like if you find me reading a book, it's probably a textbook. Um, but yeah. And then just kind of on trying to understand, really try to understand like what can humans know? What do we know? And what are you able to accomplish in a lifetime? I mm-hmm. guess that's probably, but early on the hotels was, I think I'd agreed. I don't know. I, uh, obviously we came from a rural area, but I, I was drawing floor plans for hotels that uh, had to have been, I don't, I can't even imagine probably not more than eight, eight years old, 10 years old. And I was even doing calculations for like rooms and how much it would cost and, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I like hotels, but anyway, so push forward into college. I went and got a front desk position at a hotel, a newly opening hotel in one uh, up and coming city. We were, it was growing and then moved up to management of another hotel nearby. And it just so happens like it's interesting. Like we talked about how things can kind of chance events, but I was taking a an eastern philosophy course and i was talking about some parts of the world that are just you know struggling let's say that let's say it like that mm-hmm. and then you would have individuals who would come in you know very upper middle class you know staying with us extended time periods large corporate companies and they just they just seem to be missing the point yeah you get what i'm saying for sure and so anyways read a read a number of textbooks met a couple of really interesting people and like i said like we talked about earlier it's interesting you want to spare let's say your children from being exposed to certain parts of society but really understand like there is it's a large difference from one side to the other you Mm -hmm. know and that can mean a lot of different things in periods of history and then uh 
where we're at on the planet you're talking about, but it gives you a lot of perspective. And the thing I realized pretty early on was, I guess also is that education is the, it's your way out. It mm-hmm. is your, if you don't have a way out, it's the way out. One of the ways out. And I was rather heavy set, so I couldn't play sports, you know, like, mm-hmm. but, and yeah, so you, you realize quickly that you have a couple options and that going the route of being uh, undesirable person or not a nice person let's say like that one it's going to hurt you it's going to hurt the people around you but it's a really unsatisfying like like to be honest like not to go all the way to that side but a prison cell is tiny like unfortunately and it's just like if you and like a lot of people that have ex- witnessed that or have family members they'll tell you like that's that nah, and you can choose i don't want to go that route mm-hmm. but anyways so books were readers are leaders yeah <laughs> to use a trite statement okay so but no i guess why i'm asking or what i'm curious about is i could picture a world like we talked about okay you got robert kennedy jr we were talking about this morning right he mm-hmm. came from a long line of of wealth and and resources and whatever else and, and most of us are the complete opposite of that mm-hmm. right uh and you come from a world where I guess I'm trying to figure out for you. It feels like there's different ways people brain people's brains work, mm. and you yours. I'm picturing you at 13 years old was probably on overdrive. I don't know. Uh, and then, do you get to the point where, like, in a very, uh, in the world you came from, your brain could potentially be like, "Don't ask questions," you know. Uh, or yeah. like, uh, basically like what's, what's wrong with you in a way. Yeah. Uh, and then you get to the point where you realize, wait, there's value in this. I can just lean in on who I am. Like there, here's a world, the university, whatever else, where yeah. now all of a sudden I'm, I'm rewarded for what used to be frowned upon. Uh, yeah. I, I, I don't and know that so, that's true. No, but. Yeah, no, that's and so frowned upon in different groups. I will say that my, my, my parents, like meaning my mother and my stepfather, they worked very hard to you know to, they worked very hard they worked very hard to create situations and obviously we all look back and we think like hey if i just would have you know did that at this time xyz but it's usually not good to look back like with frustration cuz mm-hmm. obviously where you're where you are standing now um so uh, the question being well, like uh, i i guess the question being then for me I, i'm super curious about like a, a I guess I have young kids. Uh, just you can look back on your own life, and you're mm. you're you're interested to know how did your life go, and how did that, what did that these things mean to me, whatever else. Uh, I'm super curious in like the kids' journey from uh, trying to figure out who they are, finding, navigating the world they know, which is the only world they know, the world they and know. then eventually getting to the point where they like again budding I, I don't know i guess for me i could see some of myself and you in that and and finding yourself not necessarily fitting in with the world that you know hmm. uh and then getting to the point of realizing wait i can just be me i can lean in on who that is uh kind of this curious uh avid reader style kid yeah uh and and, and just appreciate it and then find a, a system in a place where it's rewarded uh and appreciated I and then and then blossoming because of it and yeah. then you know what so i mean me and my one of my first advisors we had a conversation about whether it was extrinsic or intrinsic right. like which would carry you further and in all seriousness as we've talked about in the last year mm-hmm. obviously is intrinsic right you know but that depends on a number of things and then again just because you're intrinsically motivated to do something doesn't mean you're going to be the best or that you're going to make money off of it which mm-hmm. is unfortunate that you have to make money off of things but 
Um, a big one for me was that, I mean, so the great thing is, is I've, I've always had the same group of friends and they keep me really grounded. Like Tansy, again, we met when we were 14. She keeps me extremely grounded. She's, 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 she's good. She's good. I mean, sometimes you don't want to hear it, but she's great. And she keeps me in the present. I mean, again, you, that's the thing is describing me without describing Tansy is almost not possible. Cause think about that. You said 13, we met at 14, mm-hmm. she'll say 15, but, um, so really a big thing so it wasn't too difficult to just kind of go off and read books Mm -hmm. like so like going to college is one of them and luckily i mean so like i will say one of the saving graces is if you see people who are you know dealing with addiction it can often so yeah it again talk about those chance events to not fall victim to it but like alcohol never really you know that just really wasn't attractive to me and the idea of like if i do that i'm not gonna be able to read or not gonna be able to do whatever i want the next day so i will say that probably what really got it going was the immediate now that i guess the great part about having these conversations is realizing that so my intellectual growth will say you're starting to want to read a big part of being rewarded was the fact that I started losing weight. So mm. again, me being so morbidly obese and I was really, really big. Lost mm-hmm. And so I read how to lose weight and I took what I read and put it into action and it worked. And so like for me, I always felt like growing up. So like, and again, that is the thing about human development is obviously you're, you're wiring your nervous system refining your nervous system as you go but i always felt so out of control like even when i look back now not like meaning like i felt like an observer like i would do things and then i would be like why did i do that i don't understand why i might have done that why can't i goal set the way i want i just felt like i couldn't get the car in gear Hmm. and then really with the weight loss i felt you start realizing hey i have a choice here i have control here and then again, I, I like to talk about like, why do, why do humans like routines? And it's probably the idea that it can reduce stress. Like I definitely know I had quite a bit of anxiety and obviously being that big at a time when people weren't big, like mm-hmm. that's weird to say nowadays, but they're really obesity in America is relatively new, you know? And so like when I was younger, it wasn't very common. There was only a handful of us. So doing that, realizing also, so there's a obviously like i said it's a chicken and the egg and so like the feedback from realizing how much better i felt when i was eating well made me realize that hey you really through choices again and, and like so i talked to my wife about this a lot the idea of having a choice like realizing you have a choice because like you said some kids just go through the motions and they don't actually realize like hey i cannot go to that event and i can just go and sit and read this book and this book is going to last a lot longer than my score on Guitar Hero. Mm-hmm. Like, not that there's anything wrong with playing Guitar Hero, but you have a choice. And so, like, for me, I've always liked libraries. Like, so people will call me extroverted, and I'll say, like, that I have a large capacity for extroversion, meaning being in front of large crowds, talking, being social, but I have a very low satisfaction rate for that. Like, meaning, like, I don't need big crowds. And so, like, that's a big difference. We've Me and my wife have talked about this year, too, is... I always joke that if I had two lifetimes, I'd spend the first one reading books. I'd yeah. lock myself in a huge library, read all the books I can, and then do whatever I do after that. Because, like, again, it's always kind of frustrating me the fact that you have to learn who you are and what you are without being able to go, all right, first, can I read through all these introduction textbooks from math? 
physics, chemistry, biology, up to human psychology, and then I'll be ready to go, right? Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Right. Because like, then you have all the background, plus a big old concise history of the world. Good to go. Yeah. You know? But you don't get that luxury. And so... I did like, and I do remember chunking years. So like there was a couple of years early on where I realized, so I also do the keep, so the kiss principle, like mm -hmm. that was one of the things that you talk about in psychology. And that's one of the things that I took and put into immediate action was just keep it simple. And I don't like to keep it simple, stupid. So I just say, keep it simple, son, keep mm -hmm. it simple. And so the more boring you can be, or the more timeless you can be, meaning math is going to be math two plus two, as long as we don't, you know, something crazy it'll stay consistent and so it's hard to know in this like really understanding this is the things we can know this is the things we can't know and then understanding that if you can get through a lot of that really quickly a lot of things will be a lot easier mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah yeah for sure but with i mean talking about how to get kids to make there's a lot of luck there yeah like i mean there's things like we said there's things that like I, I maybe don't want to talk like but there's some things where it's just like yeah made some realizations really quick you know and i watched some friends you know lost some friends and it's just like you realize really quickly hey life can be not great you mm -hmm. know i mean i'd rather have i always call them good kind of problems for sure know, like oh gotta get this deadline done that's a lot better than like oh how many years am i sitting on right. you know Forrester Research interviewed 206 senior technology leaders in major organizations responsible for software development sourcing. 63% said their software development service partners do not have a full understanding of their end customer. If you're dead serious about moving faster and getting more done, Zeratech Software Development can help you move forward with confidence. Let the team at Zeratech Software Development help solve your problems with mobile, web, and backend solutions. As they align with their clients, they use a proven method to understand the scope of the problem and help demystify the steps to make it go away. They will deliver the software solution you need, and they do it with the integrity that you'd expect from a family-owned business in the heartland of America. Schedule a call with the team at Zeratech today at zeratech.com. That's X-E-R-A-T-E-C.com. Right. No, it is, it is interesting though, because you were in very similar situations to a lot of those friends, right? Or to the people in your community that you watched around you. Why is it that you had the foresight to say, hey, I've got a choice, uh, I, uh, you know, and I enjoy the learning and the reading and that side of things, and that's my way out, and that's where you're going to pursue. What is, it, what, is it, what is it that gives you that mindset versus the, the guy down the street that doesn't have that mindset? Is, I, it, is it luck? I, I, so again, I did have a lot of things that certain people didn't have. Like, that's no joke. Like, and had people that you know because there are and that's again you can talk about ratios like so like let's say you have 10 people in a family and this number of the individuals are engaged in delinquent behavior you mm -hmm. know versus this family where they're all engaged in delinquent behavior there is no person and like so i did have a couple instructors in high school too that are like zach what are you doing and i and like again talking about the world and not like so there was always this you're not about that life as an expression and so like understanding that i'm very middle i'm very i was very middle of the road you know but just nobody was pushing books nobody was really reading books too much i remember my mother reading a little bit but to make that choice yeah i mean quite a bit of its luck you know bumping into certain things bumping into the right people and then yeah yeah, that, I get, if that if that answered your question, yeah, kind of. I think so. 
I um, mean, because, yeah, it's, I mean, so the thing is, is that, and I'm sorry to cut go, you, yeah, go in a lab, like, so even in a lab, like, again, talking about how far apart things can be is how I come at science versus how this person who's very qualified PhD, MD, comes at science can be relatively different. We talk about the scientific method like it's some kind of hard and fast true or rule, which it is, and, like, obviously reproducibility and things like that, but... So I read I read some novels growing up. I had lab mates that never read novels. Mm-hmm. They never had, you know, any of those, the hatchet. Do you remember that? Book oh, yeah. Things like, like that was pivotal, you know, where the red fern grows. You learned mm-hmm. about human relationships, even that topic of psychology. And some of those labs are like, we didn't really do biopsychology where they talked about brain structures, molecular mechanism, none of this mood and things mm-hmm. like that, you know, but... So, so my point being that even in like labs where you'd be like, oh, that whole group, they probably roughly are the same, like, no, it can be very different, you know? And like, we used to joke because like, so I had a a lab advisor who's like, Zach, you got to get out of books and get into articles. Cause I was reading too many, even though they were textbooks, textbooks are out of date. We've talked about that before. Mm -hmm. Not out of date, but you're already, you know, six, seven years behind. And so an article though is cutting edge and that's. I always liked because so and there's something to the fact that reading and reading books just like watching a great documentary or a nature documentary or being out west it, it makes you so there's a lot of terrible things that have happened in this world but it makes you realize the beautiful parts of life mm-hmm. like there, again there's nowhere on the planet if you read a good history book there's almost nowhere on the planet you can go where you won't be like oh you know what took place here blah 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 this number of years ago mm-hmm. so that was a big one and so yeah and then I always, yeah, I liked, I liked books. I always liked books. I even went through a period where I wanted to book bind, but encyclopedias, I always liked them. And we had a pretty good library at SVSU, you know, even asking yourself that, like, so to anybody who's listening, if you just sit and ask yourself, how, how big is, do I have a library even in my town? Mm-hmm. Is there a library? Where's the nearest library? How big is the library? Do they actually even have textbooks in that library or is it all like, pseudo nonfiction where it's kind of like a story interwoven with facts mm-hmm. yeah but and th- those things that again it's hard to realize like what you don't know until you get out of it you know right yeah right so then thinking back to that again you talked about that 300 psychology class that got you interested in that neuroscience and then you went down that path and you're doing different labs and stuff like that what was that trajectory like? Because then after that, you went for your different, you went, continued on in school at that point then, right? Yeah. And I and, didn't take any gap years. It really wasn't an option, like with having been, um, which again, it's amazing how our children save our lives, right? Like, in, again, how, I sometimes will think, how, how would you handle this life event if you were to go back right now with your capacity? You know, mm-hmm. what would you do? What would you tell yourself? Things like that. And it's hard to predict. Like, so I remember, so I went in, went in for business management or economics, one of the two, joined a psychology department, I think after the first year, went on to work in a laboratory in the psychology department with Dr. Cohen, great researcher. He was the same one that we were talking about theories of learning. Um, And then from there, I was taking my biology courses for my biology minor, and we, I I appreciated it at the time they would have us do uh, bio 101 or bio 111 A, B, and C, which was, you know, the the big three, general biology, which is 
if anybody's going to read a general introduction textbook, you need to read just a general biology. Like uh, I think Raven is a great one. Raven's biology. That's the one I'm currently looking at. That's the one we used back then. That's probably why I'm biased. But so bio 101, general bio, biobotany, and then biozoology. Hmm. And again, talking about animal, animal diversity, it's just so rewarding. Those classes, you just step back and you go, wow, this is a really beautiful planet. There's a lot of, you know, some of them don't look so pretty, but like the invertebrates, there's so many and they're just so diverse. But, and so that kind of meaning my trajectory was, I realized that I was going to get from the core bios and the bio like and then endocrinology and things like that what i wasn't the answers i wasn't necessarily getting at the time from psychology Mm -hmm. and so like and that's the thing too is it was more fundamental and i was starting to try to put those two together and understand where they fall in line with each other and the thing is is like if you when you start talking about general bio humans come much later than a lot of the other organisms and so it really is again if you step back and like i had heard you talk to another individual about like knowledge and what knowledge is is i again i think about it like an upside down even pyramid or a funnel meaning that it's really thin at one end and gets bigger at the other and you really can go back and that's why like some individuals get really kind of um field conscious like they'll be like oh i'm math oh i'm i'm chemistry i'm a pure chemist you know it's like that's great. And what they're kind of hinting at is I went back to the original fields, you hmm. know, the, the starting point, because it really is. And then it all comes out from there, like a singularity. And then you have all these new interdisciplinary fields. And so what I did was really psychology, biology, combination of the two. And then I was just looking, I looked at the course catalog for what SVSU offered, and I found all the neuro classes. Like I took the neuro class, uh, neuroscience one and two over in the health sciences, and then took uh endocrinology human human um human endocrinology developmental biology uh took a couple other uh individual studies with dr lang those were more kind of reading we didn't really get into the experiment as much as i would have liked again the things you wish you would have done but then it really kind of all popped off when i met the smith lab and the dr weaver lab over in the health science buildings like i found out there was a neuroscience lab over there went and knocked on the door Dr. Weaver answered the door, introduced me to the lab, and the rest was history. So did more years in there than I probably – it was, again, a balancing act between my wife trying to finish school and us having Benjamin. But just kept doing research. Really, publications are key. You know, early on, you really want – you got to get a first publication under your belt, um, get some presentations at different conferences, and then you really, from there, then you obviously have to take the entrance exams or GRE, whatever your higher level institutes require. Then I just went to Central, I went to Central Michigan. I mean, I, again, it's kind of a, in most situations, the if you don't feel like you know what you're supposed to do, you, a helpful thing is to realize that there is something to do. And so like, meaning, like the two are connected. I, I might have, again, it's interesting where we ended up, but I was working on a project with human Alzheimer's disease tissue, and we were looking for a certain type of bacteria present in the human Alzheimer's disease tissue, and I had to do a lab technique, and the only one that knew how to do the lab technique was at F&I, which was in Saginaw also, and so I went over there and started learning from them what lab techniques I should do. They, I mean, if you show up, there's no difference like so i was showing up every day very interested very because again it was my question i wanted to know what was going on and 
then it led to, hey, you want to join the lab? You want to be part of the lab? And then from there, join the lab. You know, then you obviously have these series of stages you go through. And then now here we are. Yeah. A year after teaching, sorry. but Right, right. Uh, so then your, your second college, what was it that you went to? CMU. CMU. And you went for what was it? What program? Neuroscience. Neuroscience. Master's okay. in neuroscience and PhD in neuroscience. It was a two-in-one program at the time. Okay. Yeah. Nice. And then while you were working there, you were working in the lab as well? Yeah. You're, yeah. You're so really research assistant. And so like it's, the two are very synonymous. And so I, every, so, so different programs are different, but yeah. So you, you leave undergraduate. Usually what you'll do is you'll take your GRE, you'll take your entrance exams and join whatever higher institute you want to join. Um, usually you want to try to go to a new institute, sometimes even from master's to PhD, just to get diversity, to get mm-hmm. new people, to get new groups. Because again, you, you always want to be cautious of like becoming the local maximum where yeah. you're the biggest fish. You know, you really want to always be challenging yourself. But yeah, so I joined CMU. They had two locations. They had one in Saginaw at the Field Neuroscience Institute. Uh, Dr. Field's a great person. I, I don't, yeah, plug obviously that one. He really is. Uh, and again, the people you meet, the people that help you and make you realize what is the what's the good things you should do in this world. But yeah, and so you could also work over at CMU. I lived about an hour away. So how it goes is with the CMU program, and they've changed it now. So I guess even going into the details of that, for me, it was two years of core courses, meaning like uh, statistics, principles of neuroscience. I'm, I like that was a good course. That was, again, I, again, I've always loved textbooks because you can read the book, you mm-hmm. know, like, and that's the thing. So when you asked me earlier about, the kind of the journey and going kind of a little bit back to the beginning is that nobody can keep books from you. Like, I mean, so there are some periods in history where yes, they really can. And you know, whatever, currently we're also having struggles, but if you have a library card and your library is stacked, like that's, that's the thing. When you start reading about all these great people from history, all these great scientists, they just started, they just started, you Mm -hmm. know, just started doing it. And that's a serious thing. Just go ahead and start. And telling yourself i i can do this maybe i won't be the best but i can do this you know and like so you like in there and again i was always really drawn to those individuals who were the extreme cases like ramachandran and things like that he was a mathematician from india and he took it upon he got his hands on a i can't remember what it wasn't a, i don't believe it was a textbook but he was and I think it was Bengal, but he, uh, anyways, he comes across a math textbook of unsolvable, current unsolvable problems. And hmm. then he just takes it upon himself to start solving them. And then, uh, Englishman, I can't remember the researcher's name, a mathematician, I believe at Oxford got a hold of that information that this person was doing what he was doing and is like, come on out, you know? And it's an interesting story. If anyone's ever interested to go and kind of read about their interactions and him coming from that. But you know, like, again, that's, I always like the idea of farmer scientists, Benjamin Franklin, things like that. You know, he really was, he, he really revolutionized the field of uh, electricity too. Mm-hmm. So most of the early work in electricity, the lightning rod, that's all Franklin. was just him going at it, you know, practical problem. Mm-hmm. But, and uh, be satisfied with as far as you get, you know, cause there is no end. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's the pursuit for the pursuit itself. Yeah, or exactly. Yeah, right. Did I answer your question about like the trajectory through graduate yeah. school? Yeah, I think so. And then I guess I'm curious. So, because right now you're teaching, yeah. right? But I had the impression that you were going down more of a medical route and then you shifted back into teaching or something like that. Is that the case? Or, no, or mean, was so teaching always the goal? Uh, teaching was always the goal. Like, okay. and that's something me, like I've always, that is one thing. Cause so like, again, life's through curves, right? And so... Did you want to pause it? No, nope, we're good. Yep. Okay. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, so the only, I realized pretty quickly I did not want to be a medical doctor. Okay. And so there is a difference between being a PhD and a medical doctor. There are a lot of individuals now and a lot of universities are going towards almost implying that you need to be both an mm. MD, PhD. And there, there are lots of them floating around and that's a lot of schooling. It's a lot of schooling through traditional programs, which again, reading by yourself like saying oh i read textbooks versus being called upon to do tests very rigorous tests is a whole nother level of reading so mm -hmm. again what level you want to run at and medical school is like drinking through a fire hose if you've ever seen their slideshows or anything like that and again going to this medical school versus going to that medical school is very different but no i never so far i've never had the intention of going to medical school again because so yeah working with cadavers is essential working with actual human brain matter and things like that you will learn a tremendous amount um but it really it can become very mechanical like almost like a trade like mm -hmm. so depending on if you're in like a research facility so again that's something uh, so your question was i'm sorry is yeah. so no i didn't curve out to go into medical school it was always the point of being just a very simple researcher like mm -hmm. i really i was really always drawn to the early like ecologists and stuff like that just having a beautiful home in the countryside, collecting invertebrates or collecting even mammals, obviously using proper procedures, which uh, again, it's interesting when you get around other groups of people, how much you learn. But my point is, is it was always just curiosity for curiosity's sake. Mm -hmm. You obviously in today's age have to have grants and monetize, but I like, again, the intrinsic versus extrinsic, if you're interested in it, you know your why. Mm -hmm. other people will they'll just come around that's usually if you look at most of the nobel prize winners they were just doing it because they wanted to know yeah and then other people got interested right right okay so teaching was the goal that so usually yeah and so like again when you're on when you're so young and nobody in your family's ever went to college i i was like oh i'm gonna go and be a professor not knowing about ratios and things like that and like what that even meant like even and like a lot of people if you don't know like the difference between a professor and an instructor like and there's even huge differences between being an associate professor and being a tenured professor and meaning that what is required of you and how large is your research institute like so becoming a teacher or an instructor at a small community college is very different than being an r1 professor mm -hmm. they're they're leaps and bounds apart mm -hmm. i mean there are some college level professor or college level instructors who have phds and like a good example is the, the film goodwill hunting mm -hmm. is played by robin williams and he just goes all in and i've always liked that too the idea of I do enjoy teaching. Yeah. If people are willing to listen, I don't, I try not to give unsolicited information. People don't usually take kindly to that, mm -hmm. but yeah, if you're willing to come and we're both interested in the same thing, that's how I always kind of did labs too, was I would, you'd have five people show up. They, they all obviously want different things. One wants to be a neurosurgeon. One wants to be a cognitive researcher, computational, whatever it might be. But 
it's the ones that keep showing up. Mm -hmm. And then we kind of always had this joke where like, we're not talking crazy money, but even if you got a little stipend, it changes how you view it. And that's where that whole external versus internal. Cause like, so one of my PIs was like, Oh, they got funding, like meaning a young student who just started, who Mm -hmm. kind of like got it faster than they maybe should have, but they just start, stop showing up. Mm -hmm. And it's like, because it's almost like they, they feel like maybe they made it maybe they too much dopamine too quick but they they don't keep putting in the time yeah because what's that even like and then i love the parallels between some some athletic organizations and the pursuit of anything is champions are made when no one's watching mm-hmm. like it's the hours it's the hours but it's a lot of hours you know yeah the the teaching side of things is that uh where does that come from i mean you you're a natural at it you just enjoy it uh, i i don't yeah. know i mean so i always did like having the conversations when we we're in the lab so like we would always do like we would do a theoretical discussion before we went into actually doing the lab work and yeah i mean there it's stimulating the mm-hmm. same way you probably enjoy this is For because sure. it's it, if, when you get a good jam going you can you know like using logic and fleshing things out you definitely feel like you gain something mm-hmm. and whenever you like if you have to teach someone something you really have to kind of get it you yeah. know or at least have thought about it and you know realize what you don't get and things like that but yeah i mean it's funny you say a natural because i i don't know i i feel like i mumble i feel like i don't enunciate maybe that's not necessarily what the people are talking about but it i in talking about the differences in labs as they would often my lab mates would enjoy me talking to the students because we would, you know, we'd get through the stuff and we'd really and kind of get them motivated into it. And they just, some, some researchers are not, they're not interested in teaching. They're mm-hmm. interested in writing grants, just bench work, right. bench work all day long, which I, I love. So I, and that's the thing I I love bench work and, but you gotta be really cautious. Cause like, if you are a, you know, a tenured professor, not cautious, but realize that sometimes things don't look the way you're, they're going to go is you might love bench work, which I love bench work, but when you push your way up to, let's say, being a tenured professor, your amount of time actually doing bench work is rather limited. You gotta write all day long and things like that, so your actual time in the lab, you're really depending upon a grit team, mm-hmm. which again, just like most industries, what did Rockefeller write on his grave? Here lies a man who was able to surround himself with people smarter than him, mm-hmm. you know? And like, that's, you really need to, get a good team and a trusting team like a group usually so usually how a larger lab will be set up is you'll have like let's say you have a phd granting institute or even a medical school attached and so like you'll have like uh you'll have your undergraduates you have your your graduates like your masters and phds and then the phds usually will lead a team sometimes and then they'll answer to postdocs and then the postdocs will answer too the the senior the senior advisor the pi the primary investigator things mm-hmm. like that and good pis like i mean pis that are really involved because they care about the research they'll show up they'll show up at the lab you know they'll be in the lab they'll look at what you're doing they'll ask you questions they'll even refine your work which is amazing mm-hmm. but it's a lot like it's a lot like uh carl Dyseroth, who's a famous researcher at stanford great work couple nobel prize winning discoveries and um he was known for clarity and also optogenetics is kind of his thing hmm. uh i hope i'm not making a mistake i'm nearly positive it was carl Dyseroth, carl uh, meaning on the optogenetics meaning using a plant pigment in order to use light to uh 
activate neurons, let's hmm. say, or activate different biological or different cells within the body. But he had a, a counterpart. There's always a team nowadays, usually even Nobel Prizes. It's very rare that an individual can do it by themselves. But oh, I'm sorry, I lost the question. But yeah. so really, it was just the idea. So of the structure of the, of the program and things like that, if I remember correctly, I apologize. But yeah, usually no, that's how to set up. No, the, the, the draw to teach. And I guess I'm curious again, because it feels I've had that draw. Mm. Uh, to, to be a teacher, but I think it comes from, I uh, just, from the outside looking in, it's just an interest in people. Yeah. Right. And, and if, if a teacher lacks that and they lack that care and that, that empathy and that interest in people as a student, it's just so obvious and you're so disconnected from them. But when you have a teacher that's like, I care about you guys, uh, let me help you. You have that heart of a teacher type mentality. I think yeah. that just goes a long way. And I think if that's who you are, you should lean towards that and be that. Uh, and I think there's something powerful there. Yeah, it's definitely a synergistic relationship. So again, excuse me. Yeah. Depending, like, so you never know. So again, it's so weird going all the way back again. Like, I always like to imagine yourself just sitting on a rock, a rock in a world with no people, similar mm -hmm. to what you get in North Dakota or what it might be, and realizing that there is the set of body of human knowledge and then once you get to start like you said it's people mm -hmm. like and you don't know where you're going to get something insightful from so i remember talking to someone about or writing a piece on you you do really i know like again in today's like you want people with as different mindsets as you can be mm -hmm. like in your lab because the perspective that they have is going to you're going to grow and mm -hmm. so like in students too there's not i don't like i i even say it to the class is I don't question your, like the one thing I will not do is question your knowledge. Like I, you are fully capable and I'm going to ask you questions like you're fully capable. Sometimes I can be a little too to the point, you know, like, Hey, we got very limited amount of time. Like we said, you only got so many hours and you only got so much efficiency, but you don't know where someone's just going to come with something insightful and yeah, the people are it. And so what I'm saying is, is that it's very much a mutually beneficial, like, especially at like a tier one Institute, mm -hmm. even at lower colleges, you know, you'll get you'll get students who'll come in and they're just, they're on the ball. They're ready to rock and roll. You can just see it. It's, I always, I kind of joke and it's very lay person, but like you can see their prefrontal cortex is clicked on. They are just their facial responses to you. It's like, you are getting all of this. And I think you've already come into contact with a lot of this. And mm -hmm. then at larger research institutes, you there's again age is a very misleading number like there's 12 year olds that get accepted to ivy league schools <laughs> i mean you definitely get a different type of person sometimes it's great when they're down to earth you know but like there's undergraduates i want to say that the person who did the fundamental research in sonar and bats was an undergraduate <laughs> like 18 to 22 years old and like it's on again it's hard to know what you don't know. And like we talked about, when you start getting to those larger institutes and they have like, you know, three, four Nobel Prize, not only on staff, but multiple throughout history. Like, it's just like you learn to run at a higher pace, similar with anything, hunting and stuff like, like you, you love talking or even golf. Like mm -hmm. when you go to a new course and you see an actual, like, you know, or even me playing with you, like Tansy's like, did you win? I'm like, I participated. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> you know, yeah. but it, I mean, it, yeah, it's it's a very rewarding thing, and it keeps you grounded. And teaching, yeah, I like it, and I like sharing books. I really, I am like so. Whenever I teach a class, I almost imagine us floating on a different plane. Like we're just, and like I always start the class usually by mentioning, imagine us all sitting on a grassy knoll somewhere. Mm -hmm. You know, like it doesn't matter where we're at. We really are going to try to come at this. You know. Mm -hmm. through space and then if you have a lab associated like so that's one of the things with some of these new courses i might that i'll be teaching 
is they have a lab mixed in with them. So it's like, all right, we just covered this. Let's go into the lab, you know, and like that just, there is something to doing stuff. So like you can read a survival book, but until you go out and actually try to start like a Flint fire, like I wouldn't depend on that if you haven't practiced, Mm -hmm. you know, you get what I'm saying. And the amount of things you can learn from actually doing procedures. Like, so I can tell you about how to do PCR or whatever it might be, but going and standing there and doing it, you're going to learn more in that first second than, you know, well, the first time around mm-hmm. you're gonna learn how frequently things don't work yeah they just they don't work usually you know nine times out of ten right yeah right the uh yeah continuing even thinking about the, the timeline and the trajectory the in your class you talked about a song one of my favorite songs a hundred years yeah. fire for fighting right yeah. um and then i'm thinking about that that's something i think about a lot is like perspectives and timelines and 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 uh, as you age, how do you look at things? How do you view things and, and try to kind of put, like, think about, okay, right now I'm 29, but how will I view things when I'm 50? How will I view things when I'm 60? What's the point of all this? Not necessarily in a, in a pessimistic view, no, but like, just, what's important? Just a very right? serious question. Uh, I, I, th- I think you can become, uh, there's a part of me that thinks if I just think about this long enough, have enough conversations with people, pick their brains, ask them, what do you do? Why do you do it? What's important to you? You'll get, more insight into why do you do what you do? What's important to you? Why are you teaching? Uh, what's the end goal? Not that you have to have a goal, uh, in 30 years, what will you be thankful that you did? What will you wish you hadn't done? Uh, what's important to you? All that kind of stuff. Is it, are those things you think about? Like, uh, those are good questions. And so like, obviously without video, I'm nodding very, yeah, very, yeah. Emphatically because yeah, I mean, so mentors are a big thing. Like, so I, I, so I was just thinking about, as you said, how will you think about this five years from now, 10 years from now? And so, yeah, and we even talked about different problem solving techniques, like working from the end goal, like mm. climbing Everest, you know? Mm. And so that's, that's what you're doing is you're starting to play with, all right, let's picture me already at this goal or whatever it might be. And then work back. What, what should I do now? Which is extremely valuable, but yeah, no, I definitely do. I keep a, I keep a daily log of my events and I usually try to keep a try to me and Tansy usually try to check in on every the first of every month and we'll mm-hmm. talk about what we're going to do and then we try to keep long-term goals you know whatever that might be um for me again it just seems like uh so if I can try to put this in words yes yeah, so I, I do try to think about those I try to think about time because really like again there, whether you know the research or not, there everyone most lay people know if you set this much time, this is how long it's going to take. If you set mm-hmm. this much time, this is how long it's going to take. And so you should definitely try to set your goals accordingly for what you actually want to accomplish in life, and realize like, hey, like if I'm not at that goal, how do I realistically get there as quick as possible? You mm-hmm. know, whatever that goal might be. And so like I kind of briefly touched on postmodern philosophy, but there are huge branches of postmodern philosophy, and some people are going to butcher me, where they're there really is no point there yeah. is no there is no end goal we're no different than a fly you know but we definitely can interact like we can do things like come up with very large nuclear bombs and stuff like that's more than a fly can say it does you know impacting mm-hmm. the earth but it, there really is no and i mean again i'm not saying one way or the other but there are large groups that there is no afterlife so any decision really has no repercussions whether good or bad things like that and for me i just always realized that like so even if that's true 
hurting someone or making someone not feel good is not good mm. you know why you know and i can also it also give it can be like i said you got to have a really strong mindset when you're reading that stuff because it can also be very i get one time around this is what i'm going to do and that's really what i did was i mean again I, me and my wife in the school that I went to, it was rather small, but we lost a lot of people. There was a lot of people, like uh, a lot of people died pretty early on. And so just through, you know, accidents and tra- traumatic or uh, tragic events also, they're all tragic, but meaning some pretty intense. And so uh, it really gives you perspective on, hey, we're, we're bags of fluid walking around on a very pointy, dangerous planet. You know, things can happen, car accidents, X, Y, Z. <clears throat> excuse me but it, yeah it's good to keep that to keep those things in mind i keep those things in mind and so for me the end goal teaching is timeless like so if really if the fundamental thing so i, I don't i hope i can bring this all back so like meaning that the question was so you had asked how to get the most out of time like how do i view like a human can get the most out of time and again, it's going to be relative. It really is. As long as you're not hurting anyone else, how you spend your time, like if you want to be the best guitar hero player on the planet, like as long as you've realized the ramifications of that, if you don't make any money, that's your choice. You're not hurting anybody, mm-hmm. you know. But talking about, again, Maslow's hierarchy and needs and things like that is, to me, the fundamental point of existence for me is to spend time with the ones I love, mm-hmm. you know, obviously so you really every day you wake up you're really starting again there is no set thing that care like meaning that you wake up you have to get a proper amount of nutrition like so there really are these just basic checkpoints and like so if you look at my bookshelf the first couple books are basic nutrition um how to like different types of game animals how to even catch fish because there's the serious conversation in modernity like modern times where i say you don't have to go hunting all day long. Like mm-hmm. we wouldn't have time to have a podcast if we were going hunting, you know, like right. that's a serious thing. And, or just hoeing a field all day long. And so realizing that, so those books are taken care of. And then, so like if, if a human's sitting on a rock and they don't have to do those things all day long, and I always, that's again, keep it simple. You know, if we're sitting on a rock and there was no one else telling us what to do today, we would, you know, spend time with the ones we love, probably look around, you know, look at the beautiful world around us, play some games and then let's say we did all three of those in a day what are we going to do then and for me let's start at the beginning let's start with again and i did so the reason why i'm at neuroscience now is because i did already take i didn't choose to get off the train like we talked about that metaphorical train ride of like human knowledge with the first train stop being math Mm -hmm. like i i get to use math but it didn't have the same draw to me like and again you it's okay to choose the things that you enjoy doing mm-hmm. and i was i liked biology and i liked neurobiology and neuroscience and psychology and so after you've made the choice then so all right we're sitting on a rock we've got our food taken care of we've hung out with the ones we love we've lounged around we've walked around and looked at everything what we, and we've let's say we've even had conversations just about how you feel how do you view the world are you happy today things like that then you have if there's if there's really no rule on what you have to do with the day you have growth intellectual growth and physical mm-hmm. growth and but usually we do that through play like running you know what is the first thing i bet i could run faster than you or like let's you know let's play a game you know catch whatever it might be and so then i asked myself all right 
Let's step back and look at what humans say we know. And if you look at the Library of Congress classification system, even people who have been sitting by themselves on a rock, you know, in a period of time when nobody else was really influencing them too much, come to the same conclusion. Math, physics, chemistry, working your way up, biology, and then ecology, ethology, zoology, because you want to talk about all the organisms that are on this planet with us. And then you have this thing called humans. And we love talking about humans. We love ourselves. And that's why we're sitting here talking about this. Mm -hmm. And so then from there, all right, let's start there. Because the thing you're going to have to realize is there's only so far you're going to walk in a day. You can only walk so far in a day and still have time to make a meal and do things like that, or even just have a second to yourself. And there's only so much reading you're going to be able to do in a day. You know, and we are luckily a good kind of problem. You're not going to read it all. Right. You're not going to read it all. Yeah. Along those lines of the, of the timelines and the, and the time portion of it and the perspectives, a lot of what I'm thinking about is not like, uh, almost missing the point. Like you said, not like, what is the point, but they're going to miss the point. Your points driven in the wrong direction. You're surrounded by uh, myself. I'm surrounded by a lot of people of like achieve, succeed goals, whatever else. And what if in 30 years you did that and you look back and said, man, I should have just spent time with my kids. That would have been way more important. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, that, that's the kind of stuff that I'm thinking about. Like, like, uh, through conversation, through, uh, introspection, through whatever it is, through reading books, through, uh, whatever it might be that's the kind of stuff that I'm super engaged in or super interested in is what's, what's important. You know, I think a lot of people live their lives not pursuing what's important or nearly almost anything. I mean, so like, again, talking about the human consciousness and things like that. So yeah. And so like, that's why fundamental. So again, the weird chicken and the egg you have to realize, like, so those things I said, if all of society wasn't here, you're going to have to spend all day long doing X, Y, Z to get enough to even eat, Mm -hmm. you know, and you'll think about things while you're working, but yeah, like, so those things, and then a kind of a contingent of what I said with pushing into knowledge is that's where you find the balance of I'm going to decide now what's going to be enough, you know, because Mm -hmm. you can, there are individuals on this planet, like different labs, things like that, who have those first three I said mean very little to them, Mm -hmm. but not in a judgment kind of way. They just genuinely, I don't want children. I don't necessarily, there are some people who are just not interested in, uh, any other type of romantic interaction with humans and things like that. And they just literally, they will single track mine. I am here to be, to read all of the available literature in this field Mm -hmm. and they are on it like and that's something you realize too is so and you're gonna have to deal with those things as you push through is how there's only so much time in a day and if you want even those first three you are giving up a portion of them Mm -hmm. not in a judgment kind of way just the truth you know because there are people and that's the point about traveling around trying to like why you're doing what you're doing is because you start realizing like oh this is how much you're doing this is how much you're doing like I thought I was doing a lot, you know, but mm-hmm. so kind of like we talked about with those problems, like that's why I like, I love that introduction psychology book is because the, that decomposition or working backwards from a problem is that's So when I was like talking again about death and how valuable death can be is that you think about those things. And so I decided a long time ago, like, and so like you can even make it easier if you ask yourself, what do I want to do with one day? Mm-hmm. Like if I had one day to live, how would I split it up percentage wise? And that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, like in, yeah, in five years, you might think, hey, maybe I would have did it a little differently, but you made the choice, you know? And that was a big thing for me too, is realizing you are responsible for your decisions. Like, mm-hmm. 
it's not anybody else's fault. You didn't do what you're supposed to do that day, you know, or now you're kicking yourself and being able to tell yourself, all right, I didn't start when I think I should have, but I can start today. Mm-hmm. Like I can start right now. You know, you really can go gung ho and you might fall off the tracks. Like we talk about commitment to problem solving and stuff like that. But yeah, no, I mean, I agree. Those you, you have to ask yourself what is fundamental? Like what, what, yeah, what am I going to be happy with? What is timeless? Mm-hmm. And, and like I said, I would argue that no matter where you go on a planet, if you ask most, and again, there's no judgment here, but like if you ask most people on the planet, like, hey, what's a good quality day? Spending time with the ones I love, mm-hmm. you know, eating some good food, whatever it might be, you know, and then usually exploring a little bit. Humans love exploring. We love wandering around and things like that. And then you have the choice of pushing up through those or there's other this other kind of talking about these simultaneously running columns. So you can think about them like columns too, is that you have the fundamental fields like, again, chemi- physics, chemistry, or math, physics, chemistry, biology, and then you have human recreation. Mm-hmm. Like, and people love to do art. We love to do things that don't seem to, you know, like the, the goal is not to be Picasso. You just love doing art or you love making things, you love pottery, which, those are the good parts Mm -hmm. you know it really is it really is enjoyable and i i don't it's not for everybody some people really have to just be on 24 7 but i think that those things make people better usually like so like it was obvious like i've told i told the class and i told you like it was obvious right away like working with tissue who was an artist Hmm. like who had a delicate paintbrush because like and it's everything because if you can't get that tissue on the slide i don't care how brilliant you are like this experiment's not going well you get what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. so like some, and like, it was obvious, like it was right away. Like, and it just made piano. And again, trying to say emphatically say yes to life, you know, just yes. And, but realizing you only get one day, mm-hmm. you only get one day. And, but that's also rewarding. Cause like I had an old, uh, a postdoc in a previous laboratory that would say even Diceroth only has 24 hours, you know? And so like that made me sit and think like, all right, so what is it? How is this person able to run a 30 person laboratory, Nobel prize winning, just wrote a book while teaching. And he's actually a practicing clinician, you know, how are they able to do that? And actually uh, there's a podcast, Andrew Huberman, mm-hmm. shamelessly plugged, fantastic researcher. I, I, I can't even, I can't even, I shouldn't even be, you know, discussing these two individuals because how far I am away from those individuals. But he has a great podcast with him and he, he openly asks just straight up, like, how do you get all of it done in one day? You know, and he, cause he's got five kids, yeah. four kids also, you know, four kids married, like, and if those kids are in sports, just your time management. So what I mean is he's maximized his number of hours. This is as many hours as I can work a day or want to work a day or need to work a day. And then I am getting as much out of every second as possible. And there are, again, Andrew Huberman, there's also some great research articles on how to again optimize your arousal level to make yourself as efficient as possible and that's also very rewarding like we talked about arousal in in class Mm -hmm. and yeah when you're on it's like playing a pinball you are on like you know you're and there's but there's habits that you have to start doing just like training or getting ready to go and do anything like if you don't prior proper planning prevents piss poor performance sorry for the bad language but yeah yeah prior proper planning prevents piss poor performance you know and so it's but and it's enjoyable like i'm excited that's kind of that's i'm very excited about getting so i'm going to purchase you know cold dip things like that Mm -hmm. you know an individual sauna doesn't get as hot but really 
Yeah. And I, humans love routine. They gotta like that. And you just, you become a, a information consumer. So like, I don't know, Bloom's taxonomy. Have you, mm. it Bloom's taxonomy is kind of like this didactic tool, like a learning tool where it's like, it's a pyramid got six levels. And like you talk about, it's a tool that you usually use in classes. And so like the first level, for example, is just coming into contact with the information and then just working your way up through how you interact with, let's say information to knowledge and then how you start contributing to a field. And so, and it, it really nicely overlaps with Maslow's hierarchy and needs to, hmm. I, I wonder if anyone else, I guarantee someone else has already pointed that out, but you overlap them and yet you have to have those basic checkpoints that we described for us and what we say we value those three fundamental points a balance of family you know well really health it really is health my wife used to get so upset at me because it's like she saw a drawing i made and it was almost like an umbrella over top of the goals i had and health was number one well it was the umbrella but i was like tance i was like her name's tancy so i call her tance mm-hmm. i was like if you have a stomach ache does anything else matter you can't help anybody like you're not saving anybody i mean you might be able to fight through it but like you really need to get that in check and if you ask again we talked about what is success you ask any person that's made a million dollars would they rather at the end of their would you rather be able to walk around a track once or give up let's say half of that mm-hmm. you know they're the track they want the track i want right. to be able to walk you know and, and love the people around me but so really you're again rebuilding the day and I guess that's kind of my answer to that. Mm-hmm. There's just a part of me, again, along the, all those lines that you talk about, okay, the millionaire or the, the multimillionaire that says, man, if I could only walk around the track once is why didn't they walk around the track at age 30? You know what I mean? Uh, that I think there's a lot of people with a lot of lack of perspective. I don't know if that's the right way to look at it. I, I'm just saying for me personally, that's I'm something nodding. I'm thinking about yeah. uh, is I, I even thought about this as like, what if you had to write your obituary tomorrow? Right. Yeah. Or, that's a good one. Or I've Never thought about, thought I've thought about this too, is like, what if you found out you're going to die tomorrow? Somehow you only, you know, this, mm-hmm. you need to write all your lo- loved ones a letter. What would it say? And then in doing that and writing that letter, what would it change about you today? Uh, and make you realize that, man, I should be prioritizing this versus this or whatever. Uh, what would that look like? Uh, and if everybody went through that exercise, what would happen? Yeah. I mean, so they, I would say that they almost need to revisit that exercise every day. So one of like one of a person, so like some people close to me. So every day when I come into my desk, I have the same routine that I go through. I look at a, a, it's a timeline that has the nine major historical, some huge moments throughout history, like Hmm. uh, the emergence of hominids and things like that. And I also look at then, so I really, every day I come in, I look at my bookshelf, I have a digital kind of image of it. So meaning that every day you come in and you do it again that's Mm -hmm. what i meant like it's never you need to be touching in every single day for sure and those will adjust slightly but i literally yeah i'll come in i'll look at it and i literally work through a rapid timeline all the way up to the present moment i'm sitting in Mm -hmm. like very generally i mean there was periods where i was reading a textbook associated with each one of those periods leading up literally like all right i'm going to read a portion of a history textbook to give myself perspective to understand that i am this number of generation in this country in this region why am i here why is this area the shape it is xyz what are the current resources in this area things like that but yeah i mean that requires so me and my one of my lab mates used to have these great conversations about the expression you give a man a fish he'll eat for a day you know Mm -hmm. like or give a person a fish if i but anyway so that's where again the neuroscience of it 
what is the difference? Is it the fact that they just don't have enough acetylcholine in that prefrontal cortex to initiate the will? And like, again, you can look at stroke models and that's what was so appealing about neurobiology, neuropsychology, uh, neurology is understanding if I damage this part of the brain, this person isn't goal setting anymore. Mm -hmm. Like that there really is a a neural underlying pattern of firing or let's say neural structures, a requirement for how many neurons you need in this region, X, Y, Z to, to goal set, to really ask those questions. And like I said, it's a gift. I would say a gift. I don't know air quotes what I mean by that, but like the ability to say, I have a choice here or that, because again, it's interesting what like, so the cult phenomenon, like, or even just cults in general, like when you learn about social psychology, it's really, if you are not being given references for what is appropriate behavior or whatever you might think, sometimes you can get way off in left field and be like, wait, why am I in this outfit? Like, what are we doing here? Mm -hmm. Like, what is this? You know? And so it's like there it's again, perspective and keeping, keeping perspective. They're so fleeting though. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? You'll have moments where you're like, I feel like I've got it. Like I'm chunking it. I know what I'm supposed to do, what I'm supposed to be doing right now. And mm -hmm. floats away like a butterfly sometimes. And then you'll get it back, you know? And like, but that's something I'm struggling with right now is like I said, when I was, when I was in, there was a period there in graduate school where I was just on, I felt mm -hmm. like I knew what I was supposed to be doing. I was getting a lot of external validate validation. Like I was, I was doing it and I was doing it for me. And like, I was, we were just keeping a lot of plates in the air at one time, you mm -hmm. know? And like, but it's again, that that balance of stress and things like that because like like i think i actually got i heard huberman say it like a pinball machine while you're doing it and i i shouldn't even use it as an example like the amount of work that they do at those kind of institutes like it's crazy he you know so much work it's 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 humbling to be honest i'm sorry i'm mm -hmm. getting off on left field but yeah no. so you got to check in every day you really do i agree i like the uh writing an obituary for yourself and also reflecting on if I, like, again, I've, I've thought if I was going to die tomorrow. And so, like, I will say that the way I described it with those three things of being, you know, family and those fundamental, those pillars mm -hmm. of your health being the number one. So, like, you have to wake up and exercise. Like, there's certain things where it's like we can put a lot of thought into exercise physiology and all that, but just wake up and do it. If that's not what you, if that's not your thing and you don't want to spend all day learning about bactin and myosin or whatever it might be, muscle fibers just wake up check those boxes and then you got the rest of the day mm -hmm. you know but to me like that's what my wife asked me and that's when i realized that yeah this is how i feel she said if the world was going to end tomorrow would you really go and read for a little bit and i was just like not the whole day right but again i i asked myself if i only had one day what would be the percentage of the things i would want to spend my time on mm -hmm. you know and then it's almost like the expression if you take care of the dimes the dollars will take care of themselves worry about this day if you if you can't think too far in the future what would I do this day? You know, and there are some people who they're like, like uh, they want, they, it's, I gotta admit, it's hard to sometimes know what you should ask or where you should even go. But like, I've, I like, again, if I can put it out there for all of time is just sit on your couch and ask yourself, if I had all the money in the world, what would I do with the day? Mm -hmm. like if I, if the money wasn't the thing, like what would I do with the day? And then go and do that. Let's say you want to be a veterinarian, but you have no idea how to start call your local college and make yourself i mean you're not going to look like a fool they have people walking through the door every day that have no idea what they're doing just be like hey how do i become a veterinarian and mm -hmm. you'd be amazed at how many people teachers will be like hey how serious are you like what what level of veterinarian do you want to be you want to be the best you want to go to like 
I don't know, top probably Kentucky probably has a really good veterinary school. It's always, mm-hmm. but, and then realizing, so like there's always, there's these entry levels. So like, I want to be the best neuroscientist. And then you go through and you realize, holy cow, there's a lot of PhDs in neuroscience. And again, being graduating at the top of your class versus graduating at the bottom of your class is, it's a big deal. You know, like you can be like, oh, I don't care. Like, okay, that's fine. As long as you genuinely don't care, Mm -hmm. you know, but if you care and you're just acting like you don't care, it's okay to care about things too, you know, to want to try and fail is fine. Like that's something too, that I've realized the fear of failure does hold a lot of people back yeah but you're gonna dude i'm telling you up front like i used to tell the students when they'd come in i'm like you know that whole story about edison and the light bulb the ten thousand tries have you ever heard that yeah. like that to get the light bulb ten thousand tries we use it as a tool in, in the west ten thousand tries like just do some quick math like if he was doing one trial a day every day for the whole year you know, you're talking several years, mm-hmm. you know, like that's a lot of like, and hope you don't want to, honey, I'm coming home for Christmas. No, you're not. Not if you want to be the first to get it done. There's a lot of levels there. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? For sure. But that's why I'm, I'm, whatever you're going to choose though, you got to go a hundred. Yeah. No, you know what I'm saying? For sure. Balance wise, you have to balance yourself because through being balanced and having those things that you know are fundamental to you, that you lived the day you want to live then you'll be good mm-hmm. for sometimes sure. there's i get i get <clears throat> dark moods you know like don't i i'm coming off pretty optimistic which makes me happy but yeah it's not gonna laugh like there's gonna be some days where it's like no this is not great this is not the way i want it to go mm-hmm. like there'll be weeks you know even several months i mean just talking about the psychology of it imbalances and different you know like so anxiety those those things can just come on like you really can have life events and you can't your neurobiology is changing diet is changing sleep is changing you know and it's again every day you're waking up and checking those boxes that's why those like people like got they are valuable like they have tons of value there again you never know who you're going to get value from Mm -hmm. but you're waking up every day and checking those boxes you have to right right no, it is interesting. If I find myself, uh, I, I go, I can ebb and flow again, points where I'm just on fire. Let's go. I, anything's unstoppable or nothing can stop me. Right. That kind of a thing. Right. But then points too, where you can be, feel like you're beating your head against the wall. Like what the heck, what the heck, you know, I feel like for me, it takes slowing down, spend some time outside, go hunting, you know, go for some hikes, stuff like that to try to work through the, the busyness and the craziness in a way, if that makes sense. Um, Bring, brings perspective. You're keeping yeah. it simple. Like again, going and sitting in the woods is one of it's for especially for like so if there's individuals out there like especially some researchers where they don't turn off like they don't come out of the lab. It's like you need to go sit in the woods. Yeah, you know it's it's there are people who don't go to the woods like and like again that's sound like you're like oh okay like I mean just someone listening might be like oh that's crazy like no there are people who live in the middle of cities who never other than a short small piece of grass there's no trees mm-hmm. there's no like it is there's a concrete jungle and they are and again just talking about circadian rhythms and talking about keeping yourself in tune with this world because you are again and that's the difference is so like some researchers i'm some people joke but i'm like rather old school in the way i describe like ethologists and stuff like and like being a naturalist and but it's fundamental like this, like, and it, it gives you perspective on what humans are doing. You can look around and go, all right, we're doing this. We're building cities here. It's giving you perspective, but some people really don't have that. It's, it's something mm-hmm. to be grateful for. For, for sure. sure. 
Yeah. Another side note, I, th- I thought I've, I've been super fortunate. So I, when I got into, I'll, I'll draw a parallel how it comes to you. When I got into car, I, I had sold vehicles for a while, Western North Dakota, had a Chevy and Cadillac dealership there. Yeah. I've been in sales for eight, nine years, right in that ballpark, right? But when I got into that, I was nervous. I really wanted to work with people. It was all about working with people. And I was nervous, like, man, you th- hear about the typical car salesman, right? And, and uh, unethical things and everything else. I'm like, I don't want to be a part of that. When I went and interviewed at this dealership, Saks Motor Company, unbelievable place. They were like, Logan, be honest. If you don't, you're going to eat alive. Like we do things right. We want, and I was like, thank goodness. Like, this is what I need to be, you know? Um, and this is where I need to be. Like, it was awesome. I felt super fortunate. Then coming here, working at century 21 with Christine and David, again, unbelievable, uh, people to work for and same deal, like honesty, integrity, like that's number one, right? That side of things. So either way in two industries where it's maybe not always that way, Mm. uh, I think real estate's held at a pretty high standard and car sales. Again, you hear about the typical car sales. The ones that do uh, well are on, you know, it's easier. Um, so either way, but two introductions into worlds that depending on who's there could have been a total different thing. Right. Uh, and then psychology has been something I've been interested in for quite a while. I've read a ton of books on it and I was like, man, I just need to be in a psychology course. I need to see what it's about. Like kind of scratch that itch. And when I came with in your class, you were like biology, neuroscience, instead of like, is a tree a tree? Right. So it could have been the other way around of like, I didn't want that. Nothing wrong with is a tree a tree, but I wanted more of the rooted fundamentalist type perspective. I guess I just feel fortunate and lucky that that's what you that was the first I was the general like first yeah. general psych first general psych ever, yeah. and again so like there are there are courses in psych where or more philosophy based again it's it's interesting who you get as an instructor because the flair they're going to bring to it mm-hmm. but there are courses where you can sit and talk about you know existentialism and is a tree a tree and mm-hmm. things like that and I try to bring those up or try to point out like hey this is where you could have this conversation you know but and maybe depending and so like yeah that yeah it is interesting how just the chance event who else could have been standing in front of you when Mm -hmm. you know or even you know we wouldn't be sitting here if you didn't take the course right 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 interesting it is uh but again going back to it's a people thing yeah is you only it's weird to think you only get so many people you're actually going to meet in a lifetime there's Mm -hmm. eight billion people on this planet isn't it interesting i bumped into you you know like that and like one in eight billion, right? Right, right. <laughs> no, the uh, I mean, I could I could uh, philosophize with the best of them. I could talk for the next three days on what's important. Why are you doing what you're doing? Mm-hmm. What should you be doing next? I could go on forever, right? Yeah. And and get nowhere and just have a blast doing it. Uh, even though I think you get somewhere through it, but I'm just saying I can, I can certainly have that style of a thing. But I also I really appreciate the very practical, applicable, measurable side of things. Yeah, I agree. And so, and that's the different. You know, like. I think that that can sometimes be misleading to some people. Like I even mentioned that in classes, like, cause like the first couple chapters are actually just the structure of the nervous system. Cause I mean, not that you want to be like, Hey, this one comes first in line. You know, any field is fine. They're like, they're all great. They really are. I, like I said, tech is really, if you work up the pyramid all the way from math, really tech, the emergence of where humans meet tech or humans, uh, even religion, things like that. Those are, you know, you're reaching arguably that I would argue at the top and you're starting to explore, you know, those, those reaching furthers. Um, and so, yeah, it's interesting what course you come into too, you know, cause yeah, those courses are rewarding. Like, and I, like, so like, I think again about that Rick Roderick and talking about existentialism, cause like, he's like, what's the point? And it can feel like, Hey, although I feel rewarded mentally, like we somehow made, made accomplishments. It's like, what did we really accomplish here? You know, mm-hmm. we really kind of, 
detailed how usually how those courses will go is they'll talk about how different key figures throughout history have looked at the problem of what is what is existence what is life Mm -hmm. you know so they're more or less doing this describing or demographic information describe how different societies view what is the self what is i things like that and if you are but again that's that type of interdisciplinary because now you're starting to get to the point of if we seriously want to answer this question, like what is the I? Like what is this thing inside of me that says I am me and you are you? Is you really have to, the the rubber needs to meet the road, meaning we got to come up with a technique, a lab technique to start measuring this, whether mm-hmm. it's reaction time, whatever. There's all types of creative, creative experiments. And that and so, and that's something I realized too. And, but again, it's one of the hardest parts if you're someone who really loves books is realizing I'm not going to be able to read it all. Even mm-hmm. the fields, they've gotten too big. You know, like they've, I mean, you can read an introduction textbook, but if you've already got four other textbooks to read for this semester, you know, like you can get through them. You're going to have to figure out that balance. So in life, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah, no, the interesting, again, I think about the, the perspective side of things and for you being a teacher, right. Mm-hmm. Or being a professor, uh, is the part that I think about that's so engaging or so interesting is you look at the person who makes pies and they say, Hey, I, I, I sell pies. And it's like, no, you sell love or whatever. Right. I'm just saying for you, Hey, I'm a teacher. I teach psychology. It's like, no, you're this. I don't know what that is. I don't know. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's what keeps you going. That's what keeps you. That's what gives you that reason to say, Hey, I've been at it 10 years. I'm going to keep plugging because I'm not teaching psychology or I'm not teaching neuroscience. I'm whatever. I don't know what the answer is. Uh, I see it as existing. I, it yeah. really, it's, it's really not a quite like, so like I will say maybe I'm just fortunate, but yeah, I just do it anyways. Yeah. Like, I mean, again, there's, you, you have more than enough to read, you know, there is the question of, Hey, you've read quite a bit. Maybe we should go into a lab technique mm-hmm. because doing lab work is very like, let's say you have to incubate or do whatever it might be, add chemicals, add reagents. Like that's very different than reading a, a neuroscience introduction, neuroscience textbook. Mm-hmm. You know, it very much is. It's very, there's a time for that and there's a time for analytical work and so it's interesting and luckily i do enjoy i really enjoy both it's uh but i don't i don't i don't know i don't see it i really don't see it as work Mm -hmm. you know like what i like and i yeah i would do it even if there wasn't an institute there i and i see i don't necessarily think about it as me kind of like spreading this information to you it's really you guys came in this room we all say we want to look at the same book i've just read the book already let's get through like and like that's the great thing about having small class sizes sometimes it's like if you have a small class size with a huge laboratory like we really could just go get started mm-hmm. and you won't even realize it you'll be like so hey when are we gonna learn like we're doing it this is it and mm-hmm. you know there are there is that moment too where you come into a lab and like a lot of students will be like all right when are we gonna get to it like this is it. Mm-hmm. We're in it. Like we're doing it. Like <clears throat> usually surgeries or something like that will usually get them going like, Oh wow, we're really doing it. But it's like, this is it. You know, mm-hmm. you got to start somewhere. And that's the thing. That's, that's the one thing is I guess size of ner- neurons and things like that is really the microscopy and things like that kind of, it seems like a little bit of a barrier to entry, but you really like, again, there are some like with the whole dot for sense of self, like putting a dot on an or uh, like a, let's say a primate's forehead to see if they rub it off because they realize I am something like that's so create. It's keep it simple, mm-hmm. keep it simple. And the more complicated you try to make it like, no, it doesn't need to be complicated. Let's, let's try to be straightforward and be pragmatic. 
like be sensible just go at this in a serious way but i guess so your point was that like there's something i don't know i it's just what i do mm-hmm. uh, what i would do no matter what it just always was you yeah know? but do movies uh, on, a, on a somewhat similar but separate note do mo- you mentioned goodwill hunting movies oh. like goodwill hunting or the dead poets society i've never uh, seen that one really dead poets society yeah uh-uh. what the heck i'm gonna watch it i'm gonna watch it i yeah. will yeah i yeah. with robin williams really yeah dead poets society yeah okay oh man yeah. I, you would appreciate it but it, it romanticizes teaching right yeah. uh and, and i'm saying i think it for good reason right and, and i'm curious like those movies and and probably more dead poet society than goodwill hunting it's been a long time i need i should watch goodwill hunting again um but anyways i was just curious like does that side of it intrigue you and is that engaging like the, the teaching component? the teaching component more than just like a hey here's information but more like you're influencing lives oh you're, yeah you're, that's you're, i mean so we're influencing so yeah that's so there's information but you quickly are going to forget information right. like that's that's the sad thing about declarative memory is it goes so quickly you mm-hmm. can learn all 50 states and their capitals and if i you know like depending it's it can be very challenging just for simple stuff to recall yeah. you know but yeah i mean in so for me it was always i was gonna do this anyways like mm-hmm. i'm gonna i like i literally bought my own microscope like i had my own microscope at my house and mm-hmm. like my wife was not happy but there are research like so like descartes and all them and like not to mention all these great historical figures like as but like andre Fasalis, you know in human anatomy and physiology pioneer i think it was 1500s you know he was going to graveyards and collecting specimens like which i don't know if that was kosher i don't want to be mixing up history too much so again like i said if i've done those three things in the day what do I want to explore? And I usually will, like I said, I'll hold up a, a piece of paper in front of me that's got math, physics, and I'll usually look at a little bit math, like pure mathematics I'm talking about, pure physics, pure chemistry, and then I'll work quickly up and then I'll go through the fauna, like all the major uh, uh, like phylogenetic classifications. So like uh, I'll go through, um, why can't I think of it right now? That's so terrible. Uh, anyways. Yeah. Anyways, so I my my point being that I literally so I, in my computer I have file folders where it goes through all the uh, I can't think of it right now. Anyways, so it'll go through from all the way from um, I work from kingdom all the way to species every single day, working up to humans, mm-hmm. and then go from there. How do you you talked about hopping in your office and starting off the day looking at the timeline, looking yeah. at these things? How it's like meditation, but for knowledge or yep. something like that. How did you come up with that? Because I realized how quickly you forget it all. Okay. Yeah, and you're really, doing it just to be like, oh, there's that field, there's that field. Yep. I'm engaged in this. I'm okay. Yep. And this is it gives you context for where you're currently at, and it makes you realize like, hey, this has been around a lot longer than you thought. Like mm-hmm. so, like when I got into working on transgenic mouse models of Alzheimer's disease, I was like, this is cutting edge. This is cutting edge. Wait, they've had mouse models longer than I've been alive. Wow. Okay. So there's researchers out there who have been reading longer than I've been alive. Like in that field which mm-hmm. you would think is a brand new field until you start realizing like oh like even CRISPR like we're still talking about CRISPR which it's revolutionary and that's why we're still talking about it. it's a genetic modifying tool mm-hmm. that was discovered and so but it's been around for almost a decade now I think it's been over a decade I want to say right. early like uh, right after 2010 or somewhere around there like yeah. that's pretty old in terms of science sake but I mean, I guess I'm just trying to, oh yeah, coming in and just like the meditative aspect of it. Yeah. And it really, cause again, you have to not, you have to not, so you want to chunk, 
but like I'm taking this one from Sapolsky in one of his introduction courses, is he talks about thinking in buckets and humans are great at creating patterns. It's just natural to our physiology. We like to see patterns in things. We like to chunk things and that can often limit our field of view. Mm-hmm. Like, so like if I get you going about str- like, so again, I don't want to use that as an example because he uses that in his course. But the cues I give you can guide what you're going to answer, you know, sure. like, and so it's really good to step back and realize, understand that humans have their place within these, this ecosystem, where you're at is going to depend on, it's going to influence you. You are being influenced by the environment you're currently in, whether, I mean, and to what extent and your understanding of it, but yeah. And so phyla, I'm sorry, super phyla. I was thinking of phylum. So like phylum, uh, class order phylum you know but uh sorry that just came came back to me but yeah and so i do that it keeps me in context and it allows me to again talking about that bloom's taxonomy you really need to be able to be pulling from multiple fields because otherwise so like you what you're going to do is usually when you come into a complex problem what humans do is they usually start breaking it apart either they start breaking it apart or try to look for emergent properties like all right if all these neurons fire together it creates consciousness how do we get to that from these basic building blocks and so you really have like you have a broad way of looking at it or you what humans do is we often like to pull it apart that's why we work down to the atom you know or even subatomic particles and for me, I, again, I've realized how much time I have in a day, the things that I want to do with the day. And so I spend a certain amount of time in each one of those buckets, math, physics, chemistry. And so I even, I just actually transferred it all to a word file and it's not exhaustive, but it's what is arguably what is currently. So like I use Khan Academy a lot, mm-hmm. plug them too, because Khan Academy is fantastic. Like if you're like, Hey, this person's talking great about huge bodies of knowledge. Where do I get started for free? Khan Academy, sure. like Khan Academy. And especially early on, I liked all their early libraries. My point being that, so like, let's say you only have five hours that day or eight hours that day. I'm going to spend a half hour studying math, half hour studying uh, chemistry, very broadly, just again, just rehearsing what are the major, you know how like in a textbook, they'll have the major headings and subheadings. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're only reading the major headings, but then you're still keeping in context all that information that came before. But there is a time and a place where you go, I'm not doing that today. I'm only diving straight into this because we talked about like overlapping of reading. Like, so it's just part of the human nervous system that if you read, let's just say you read just a chapter on memory in a, in a neuroscience textbook, and then you went back and reread the whole book, you're going to be thinking about it from the context of memory. Do you get Mm -hmm. how that kind of preset your cue and is kind of guiding, it's almost like blinders to the extent you don't know because we talked about how how much goes underneath the radar in the human nervous system you just you you are doing quite a bit without awareness Mm -hmm. yeah but yeah yeah it's kind of like ice skating almost you dot those i's and cross those t's and then launch and like you just absorb and then do it again sleep on it and again if you're doing sleeping properly you're going to remember more and that's really yeah yeah no the uh and uh the whole thing is interesting to me again the the field itself that you're engaged in neuroscience psychology whatever else but also just you the teaching that side of thing that's what i was curious about again that that history how do you get to that point and then yeah the how do you view the teaching the the again from like the romantic side of it or or whatever else and and i think if yeah again if you get to the point where yeah, I, I think if you don't have a big why behind it, you could struggle, but maybe not. Maybe you're just engaged for the sake of being engaged. Too. Yeah. I, so my why is 
if you come to me and or if you if like if I'm in a classroom, it's just it is the point, you know, like you need other humans. Mm-hmm. You need other humans. Like so you can work by yourself in a laboratory. That used to be a thing. Like there used to be a few, you know, maverick researchers out there. And so research is fundamental to teaching. I see them as synonymous. So mm-hmm. like the problem like so you can read a lot of textbooks, but if you've never really research is where you you've now read because they're you, you're not going to read it all but let's say you want to be a a researcher and not corticosteroids let's say memory you mm-hmm. know you will get to a point where if let's say you do a meta-analysis or like you do a full review of your field you really can almost read all of the articles currently available in that field and mm-hmm. then let's say you do a meta-analysis where you can use the statistics that those studies have already done to start drawing your own conclusions the only like really your next step to push the field forward like if you have a question like how can I smell a rose and it makes me think of my grandmother, you know, Mm -hmm. or how can I smell a rose and it makes me think of my wife, you know, like whatever that might be, you are going to have to go into a lab. Mm -hmm. Like you are going to have to, you are now in charge of pushing. And that's the tip top of Bloom's taxonomy. Mm -hmm. You are now starting to use multiple, multiple disciplines. And in my case, part of teaching is to find individuals who you are my other perspective. We are the same. So I always used to joke that we're, we're one mind with 12 arms, mm-hmm. you know, because you really, and like, so like CRISPR, how they did that, like, I don't know if like, there's a great book, Doudna wrote it herself, or I'm sorry, it's what Doudna didn't write it. It was a fellow that he's really good, um, Walter Isaacson, but okay. he, um, they were working with a lab on the other side of the planet so that they could work all day long. They would have a Zoom call at 12 a.m. and then the next lab would take it up. That's the type of pace you're, you're talking about. And I, like, I'm telling you, there are some people on this planet or they, they, they're worth millions and their house, they don't have a house. They just, they live, it's minimalism. They don't even think about it as minimalism. They Hmm. just are on like you, this is my thing. I not, they even think about it. It's my thing. They're just, they can't stop. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. It's amazing to be honest, but it's yeah. And it's, it's, it's enjoyable to be around those people again, like MacArthur fellows and stuff like that. Or if you've, I say it like, I think I've only ever briefly mentioned met one individual, like, but like I've seen them at conferences and you listen to them talk, but they all, so, but that is, again, they've bridged that, oops, sorry. They bridged that gap from those fundamental parts of being human. So you still have to wake up and go get groceries. You still have, or you can have someone bring them in, but you still have to do these things. You know, like there are the fundamental parts of life. You have to check in with your kids. You have to check in with your wife. You have to exercise. You have to sleep properly. But then once you've got all, how quickly can you get all those things checked? Or like, how much do you want to spend on those things? And then how much time you left to play with? All right, Mm -hmm. you got six hours. Let's do this. And then really starting to look at too, again, why neuroscience is so great why how much time can you get done in the day i keep moving away from the fundamental question of why a teacher i it just because people yeah i guess if Mm -hmm. to use that statement maybe because it's on mind but you need other students like you need students you need and like it's enjoyable because like let's say you really are to the point where you've read most of the field or that you've really pushed your way up to being a known figure in a field you need 30 people working with you in order to pump out enough data and to create a cohesive story so like the average length of time to get an uh, to get an idea like to get a hypothesis from a hypothesis to a clinical trial is 20 years that's a career mm-hmm. and that's non-stop work and so really the two are fundamental and so like for me 
that's kind of why I'm, I mean, so like, again, I loved GCC. I loved community college because you would get students and there are opportunities if you're willing to be really creative. You would get students, and I did, like, and even talking to you, like, you would have students who would kind of linger after class, and then you realize that they're also having these thoughts. Mm-hmm. And it's really re- part of teaching. One of the rewarding things is is kind of saying something and them going and seeing in their eyes that they're like, someone else feels this way. Someone mm-hmm. else has thought about this. And there's also that it gives them perspective because the famous statement in philosophy is anywhere I go, Plato's walking back. Meaning that all the great thinkers, great thinkers, air quotes, there's, we've been talking about this since before Christ, like, you know, 300 years before Christ, BC, you know, was mm-hmm. was Plato, maybe 400 years. But the introspection and all those things, the reason why a lot of researchers who even, so I am a psychologist, but I'm also a, a neuroscientist. So I always used to say to my lab mates who would give me, like, they're all biochemists, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. And they would give me a hard time because some of them never even took it besides for the MCAT because the MCAT requires psychology. Mm-hmm. And so I would say, I can keep the perspective of the woods, like meaning that I can take the lofty ideas of psychology in my humbleness. I really, you know, like, again, there's some really great researchers out there. You can take the lofty ideas of psychology and use them to think of new ways to solve, like to really get at those, those, those questions that people are sitting up at, you know, get togethers and talking about late in the evening or sitting around a campfire talking about what is I, what is this? What is that? What am I, what drives a human? Things like that. And Mm -hmm. like, it there is and so again not trying to use too many words but like neuroscience there are a certain set of proteins there are a certain set of hormones that will change how you respond to the individuals in the room and like whether how you feel about that or not or how you feel about human free will yeah there's some pretty wonky things out there where you're like huh what does that say about humanity what does that say about all the things I was told as a kid, you know, and like, cause it really can really change your perspective. Some of it can be difficult, you know, like mm-hmm. what is being human? Like, is it really just a collection of, you know, firing of neurons that, and just, so you had your pre-uter environment. You can even say that you had your grandparents. Like we talked about how mood, how cord, how you, how, how rats respond to cortisol has been demonstrated to be influenced from grandparent to even grandchild. Like that's, that's huge. Mm -hmm. What does that mean for people who lived in a war zone? What does that mean? You know, like, and so it's, it's a fun story. It's again, it's a big puzzle. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And I just want people to share it with, I guess, student wise. And, and they're not all going to the same route, but occasionally, so there are like the relationship between an advice. Like, so the joke always, it's not a joke most phds last longer than the average marriage hmm. yeah and you get very like you like i like my my advisors changed my lives like my life they really did like mm-hmm. if they're even willing to get close to you like they'll their perspective too I'm talking 70 years old you know i some some individual over 80 you know like that's a lot of perspective especially when you're talking about medicine like so my advisor so if kahal died in the 30s Cajal is the, arguably the father of modern neuroscience. He was a Spaniard, but he died, I believe, in the 30s. And so, like, I'll just, I'll even say Candell. Candell, who is like one of the leading neuroscientists, there's the field is huge. The field is huge, but I'm just using him as an example. He won the Nobel Prize in memory research. He was born at about that time. That mm-hmm. shows you how young this field is in human ex- ex- exploration. I mean, it has roots in neurology and psychology and things like that. <clears throat> 
but what is talking about perspective what does he think like like one of the the one of the leading neurosurgeons at our facility he was doing neurosurgery with only x-rays and you we show like we looked at images of how cts versus x-rays or pet you know and like mm-hmm. holy cow the, the perspective and just how fast again how fast the world has changed you know it, again i guess for perspective yeah. i got way off just but yeah i gotta love students right right yeah no i don't know it's interesting i wonder if you if you took like you really appreciate a lot of these guys that have got nobel peace prizes the and and, and even guys like andrew huberman whatever he yeah. seems like a super down-to-earth guy but either way take these guys that are extreme extreme end of the the knowledge the pursuit the whatever else if you had their true unfiltered reflections at 80 what would you what would, what would you learn from that uh, when they were 80, if they could sit down and say, Hey, looking back, here's what was important. Here's what I should have done. Here's what, here's what I wish I would have done. Uh, yeah. w- would anything change? W- Not for me. No, no. And I don't w- think what so. What if they said it was a, a trap? Oh no. So like, I will say, so again, they are again, the level that they've worked at, but I have in my humble experience gotten far enough to see what it looks like you okay. know like i've met ken i've never worked with obvious like i don't even let me let me back that up like so i've been in rooms with those individuals mm-hmm. and you listen and so like if again talking about early childhood i learn lessons like quickly like so everyone makes mistakes mm-hmm. you know everyone makes mistakes it's how fast you can learn from those mistakes like and i listen when someone tells me like hey if you're a stroke neurosurgeon, you're gonna have to be on call some people go i just want to be a neurosurgeon like did you hear what they just said like you're gonna have to be on call 24 hours a day. Yes, you'll have other people in your unit, whatever it might be, but you have to be there within four hours. Like no matter where you're at, birth of a child, you have to be there if you're mm-hmm. on call within four hours. Like, so I listen to those things and I hear those things. And so, and that's the great thing when I say, like, so I really do try to get advisors who are five years older, 10 years older, 15 years older. And like I said, like, I would listen when Dr. Field would speak and he was, he was 90, if I remember correctly. Hmm. I don't want to, I'm sorry, but like, I, I, but I remember celebrating a birthday that was up near that range. That's a crazy amount of perspective, you mm-hmm. know, like, so he, they will tell you too. They'll tell you right there in the meeting, like, oh, if I could have did this differently. But I, the great thing about postmodern philosophy is it, it does free you to realize that maybe there isn't a right way. Like I can do it the way I want to, and that's perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. You know, like yes, certain behaviors will be rewarded, and usually they're good things anyways. Like treat people nicely and things like that, or smile. Mm-hmm. But no, I, whether I was, I hope that it, no matter if I was, if I was still gifted with the ability to kind of have the basic introspection I've had. It, if I was born in ancient Rome, I hope I would think the same way. I think mm. I would think the same way. Just hang out with my family, you know, and then if there was time left in the day, boom. And then mm. I realized, hey, you can get those things, dot those I's and cross those T's and soak up as much time in the moment, but then go go get back in the lab, you know, mm-hmm. go get back in the lab, go work with the students, go read a little bit because that's, that's it, you know. Yeah. No, it's one of those things I've been thinking about a lot lately is it feels like there's a lot of traps right that's what i was curious like are these people are is it a trap i'm not saying it is but like uh the the hustle culture of of today i think is a trap um of like grind 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 you should be this you should be a uh, you don't have 10 mil and you're 22 what's wrong with you you know what i mean stuff yeah. like this uh and like trying to keep up and trying to grind and i don't know i think it's all a trap and i think there's a lot of areas of life that are that it's just a trap there's nothing there it's emptiness and that's where that perspective of like what's important your loved ones right stuff like that i think is where yeah. it's uh um and then again 
if you could take all these people that you really, really look up to and got their, I, I keep going back to that, got their unfiltered thoughts at 80, I guarantee, or in my head, a lot of them would say it wasn't worth it. I don't know. I don't know that answer. So uh, luckily, I mean, not too many people. I, I mean, it depends on what moment you catch them in, mm-hmm. you know, like did their paper just get rejected? And so I give a lot of leeway. Like, so like I've had some conversations where I'm like, man, that was dark, mm-hmm. like with people who I really respected, but I realized like, so you get them all again. Sure. Let's just say it like that. Like, cause again, the day to day, like having all this nighttime thought, like I'm, I know who I am, I know what I am. And then when that meets the day to day of, mm-hmm. Hey, you just got a ticket or Hey, you just got, you know, flat tire X, Y, Z. Yeah. That changes our moods. And so I realized that I will say that like, they've been a lot of the individuals I worked with are very honest, like very honest, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's why it's again, why I think each person should sit and kind of not that it's the best technique, but use that tool I said, and mm-hmm. just think about, Hey, like, yeah, I mean, but the thing is, is so maybe you're like, Hey, family is hundred percent, which they are. They're always going to be there. You can't monetize that. Really. Mm-hmm. Like, so your kids got to go to college, you know, like you're maybe not, that's not, maybe not the route you want. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to do something probably. You For get sure. what I'm saying? For sure. And so, luckily i mean yeah like so like i used to joke but we would have a lot of students so like we were the preclinical part of the laboratory and then we had the clinical which was the neurologist and like and uh orthopedics and stuff like that a lot mm-hmm. of orthopedic surgeons are usually pretty happy you know it's <laughs> funny but yeah we would ha- you go and shadow those people mm-hmm. so that you can see because they come in and they're like oh i want to be a neurosurgeon oh i want to be this and it's like great you know, let's have you go and shadow them. Because mm-hmm. again, one of the biggest tools in life is figuring out what you do not want to do as quickly yeah. as possible. Like as quickly as possible, realizing this is not for me. This is, you just not. And don't, don't fib to yourself thinking like, Hey, if I just push through this a little, like, no, maybe, but no, mm-hmm. probably not. You know, like, and again, it, it's always interesting what it looks like from your perspective and from the outside perspective. For Cause sure. like, like you go and read any of the diaries. Like I always, I always use the same story of Darwin, like Darwin passed out in a surgery room. That's the only reason he was on that ship. Like if he wouldn't have passed out, his father was forcing him to do it. Father tried to force him through the monastery, but he was out collecting beetles or uh, beetles or butterflies, a type of insect. And they realize like, you're not, this isn't your thing. Like you like whatever you're spending. I mean, most people can realize really quickly. And so there is the problem though, like I said, about the different parts of life, like you need to realize like, Hey, like you're not using your time probably the most wisely. Like you're Mm -hmm. abusing X, Y, Z or doing this type of habit. Like some things are, are self-destructive, you know, like, or, I mean, you might say, no, I'm gaining perspective. Like, well, it kind of looks like addiction from the outside, you know, like, and that's a hard, that's hard, you know, and that's, that's hard because again, talking about the bullets you dodge, like there's kids that really, it really, they're in that. So like the whole postmodern thing, life is not fair. Like, and that's so, oh yeah, life's not fair. Like, no, like the example I always use is like the Mongols. Like, so like, and I don't want to overstate that history lesson, but like the Mongols, when they first started reaching the first cities in their conquest, they weren't looking for slaves like other organiz- other other groups were. They slaughtered everybody and mm-hmm. they just lined them up sometimes, you know, a couple thousand people and just slit their throats. And it's like, if you're 40th in line there. So again, those psychological fallacies is you are not any central part of any story. Mm-hmm. Like, see, we always think that like there's this, this fallacy, like that, or these, these assumptions that we think that time is linear. We all see everything the same way that I am somehow a central figure in this story. But in reality, 
you're no different than the fly, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it's like, but then if you're the fly, but you have the ability to go, Hey, I'm a fly. What do I want to do with the day? Mm -hmm. You know? And that's, I really, like we were talking about earlier is, uh, out on the court, on the golf course is like, so like the idea, I don't think there's a human activity humans can engage in for more than a couple of years where they're not going to have periods where like, this is not what I thought it was going to be. I really don't. Cause like, I mean, you, humans tend to turn even fun things into tasks Mm -hmm. like hunting like i've heard professional golfers who are like quietly offside they're like i actually enjoyed playing again and it's like i knew it you weren't even enjoying the last Mm. 30 times you played you know but you were just you were doing it you know and again giving yourself mulligans realizing that our nervous systems you have thousands and thousands of chemical reactions that is what is producing this consciousness that you view sometimes they'll sway mm-hmm. you know like there's gonna there might be a month or two where you just have to you know not get through it but just be like hey like there is another side of this mm-hmm. sometimes there isn't always you know like when we talked about depression and stuff like that that's it's easy to say out loud but there is a lot of day-to-day and there's a lot of different parts of this planet you get mm-hmm. what i'm saying you know for sure but yeah yeah no i, I don't think um the the conversation about hey there's things being a trap i'm yeah. not uh, again I, you could take that too far and say i'm not going to do anything you know because it's all a trap that's not the not the viewpoint at all yeah. i just think i i think what it is i'm realizing now actually if you're unhappy because you're not to the point where you want to be uh realizing that no you need to appreciate the things that you do have in the moment right now versus chasing this thing that is a trap because you're going to get there in 20 years and realize it, it didn't fulfill the th- parts of your life that you were missing. Yeah. Or adjusting sense. the goal possibly too. Like, sure. So, so a lot of people actually feel dissatisfied because they didn't set the bar high enough, you know? And sure. like, so like they'll get to it and they'll, they'll accomplish it. And they're like, that was supposed to take longer or that mm. I was supposed to, you will not. Again, when I said it, I've, I kind of always, I always revert, but like things don't ever look the way they're going to like, mm-hmm. and like, that's just something you really have to inherently understand. And like, when you get there, you are not going to be any different. You will not be any different. You will mm-hmm. have changed your perspective. Usually again, talking about perspective, you'll have grown, mm-hmm. but you're still like, so when I'd say like, if someone wired the money in your bank, you are no different. You are still just you from yesterday and really sitting there and mentally imagining the house and imagining you sitting on the couch in this huge mansion, you're still going to feel the same way. If you had a tummy ache yesterday, it's probably going to carry over today and you're going to have to still wake up and dot those i's and cross those t's Mm -hmm. and there is something too like you said of so in the car ride me and when me and tancy were going down state when you get together when you're that young we have accomplished some things that we're like we never thought we were gonna hit that milestone Mm -hmm. you know and like and i was trying to explain that to her and like maslow talks about it again the, the deficiency mindset thinking that somehow like no you now so yes you are going to under, keeping under, understanding how your consciousness is going to view the world now versus 20 years from now is difficult, but it's probably not going to be much different. Like meaning that the same things you're struggling with now, you're probably, you might likely be still the, the lens that you're struggling to look through mm-hmm. is still going to probably be there right. roughly. Like we said, mood is relatively stable. IQ is relatively, you know, like those, some things are relatively stable temperament, meaning, um, but yeah, it's uh, I don't know. Can we do a bathroom break? For sure. It's amazing. It's amazing the number of things you can cover. You yeah. Know. Yeah, but no, it's uh, 
I don't know. I, again, I don't know that I'm, that I'm looking for a specific answer necessarily of of what I I'm. I am. <laughs> and what is it though? I know. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the thing. Is so, I. Like we're at, we're at the fundamental question of what is the point of all of it? You know, right. like right. And there really, really, I don't think there is. You know, yeah. like not there's not a a true answer. I mean, some people, and I would argue. So again, when I said like not to go i don't want to go too far down that route but mm-hmm. religion like that's usually how individuals answer that question sure. you know and like there's people and non-human primates like neanderthal like they've engaged in a religiosity aspect like there's something to us where when we don't know what it is exactly but it, like so again the thing i'm going to take out of this is holding the perspective of realizing what i want to do with the ratio of the day that's something that used to always hold me comfortable like mm-hmm. if i just use the day as a ratio don't i mean you always want to be thinking a year out two years out five years out obviously like broad, broad goals but again the number of events that could come up asteroids even you mm-hmm. know a solar flare there's so many like when you really go out too far there's too many things like again but you have a direction you want to go but if anything like people that are sitting like they're often people sit there waiting for the right thing not necessarily you or i but like just people will be sitting there waiting for the right thing and there really isn't just pick like so go ahead and start on something and see where it goes like so a lot of people like reading too reading and research like so that's kind of this there's like this i don't know i'll say basic way like you get students who come in the lab you know and they always want to go whenever they start writing their first paper they go in the beginning you know, mm-hmm. like it just they want to start which is great because they feel like i need all this backstory and you do but it just getting started and like so also like sometimes like the maybe i can draw a parallel between doing research and like life is there's tasks that make you look like you're busy and then there's tasks where you're actually accomplishing something mm-hmm. like so like often people when they first get into a lab I think it's partly to do because they want to get comfortable with the space and know where everything's at because there's a lot going on, beakers and whatnot. But they'll start cleaning stuff and they'll spend like their first week or two cleaning things. And it's just like, hey, I get what you're doing, but we actually need to do the work. Mm -hmm. Like open up the kit. Let's start doing our samples, you know, like and they they just are still feeling like I just got to prepare. I got to prepare. And you don't want paralysis by analysis. You know, Mm -hmm. you don't want to sit there and just dwell for too long. But there's sometimes you you i don't want to say it's something you'll just what do you want to do like mm-hmm. i mean and you don't even have to ask yourself just what you start doing throughout the day you got to be careful though because humans tend to go hedonic meaning that they'll tend to do things that aren't productive like mm-hmm. you know like again there's nothing wrong with watching sports spending all day long watching sports it's all about balance you know like that and like so that's something that you need to figure out real quick but just whatever you're doing throughout the day you you gotta i don't want to say you almost have to sacrifice but you're gonna have to choose something that you're gonna have to get good enough at to monetize mm-hmm. out of those things let's say you like doing five things even mule deer hunting you know like you're gonna i don't want to go on this hunt necessarily like all right we got to do it though because we got to do it you know like yeah and yeah what about 
uh, earlier you had talked about, and, and you actually had, had made a note to ask you about this someday is, uh, there's like three fallacies, yeah. three central fallacies, but you just talked about one of them that I want to talk about. Kind of the about. assumptions. Yeah. Like, uh, I guess you would call them the assumptions. Can you go through them real quick? And I want to ask you about one specifically. Yeah. I, I, I want to say that there was maybe four of them. I was actually trying to look up this, the reference. I think that I got it from like theories of learning or something along those lines. I can't remember the author off the top of my head, but really, I mean, so the thing you have to, the fallacy or the assumptions are in psychology is that we all one so that humans have this perception that time is linear mm-hmm. that things are going forward that we all see the world the same way mm-hmm. meaning like uh you don't see purple elephants dancing in the room maybe i do and i just don't mention it like mm-hmm. you don't know that because you are not in my head you mm-hmm. get what i'm saying um and that we're sometimes we think we're the central part of a story right like that we're somehow unique and that this is going to have, and again, Western, and it's interesting when you take like a philosophy class, like an Eastern Asian philosophy class, where you talk, let's say if you're talking about the afterlife, is how do different cultures around the planet think about space inside their head? So human in Western culture, we've a lot of our stories are beginning, middle, climax, ending. Mm-hmm. Why does it have to be that way? And also we do things like, below middle and above with certain part certain major religions where some don't do that they think parallel and things like that and so that's interesting to get at too but it, that that goes along with that we all you know view everything the same or that we yeah mm-hmm. but i i think i'm missing one of them i apologize to anyone out there who's a peer psychologist yeah yeah but the one that I was curious about is the central part of a story, yeah. right? So you, and you gave the Genghis Khan example yeah, the Mongols, and, and yeah. for sure. I, I think logically you're correct, but do you feel like there's value in leaning in on the fact that you are a part of the central yeah. part of a story yes. instead of having the view of I'm nothing? Yes, uh, exactly. It's a choice though, right? You, like, that's what I keep trying to draw it back to is that you are choosing, you are choosing to go like, so if, if you can go down or go up, you're choosing, I am the central part of a story that knowledge is con- like not conquerable, but that I can accumulate enough knowledge to relay it, mm-hmm. that it's not going to be, that the field isn't moving so fast that I really can't. Mm-hmm. Like, so you, yeah, you really do have to believe. Like, so there is something to, like, in, even in athletics, like with gymnastics and stuff like that. Like, and that's the great thing about knowing all about humans, because humans are so, they're, they fascinate me. Like, again, like I always use the example of if we were aliens floating about the planet, like, what would you think of the species? Mm-hmm. You know, and like with gymnasts, like, or even weightlifting, if you don't think you can accomplish this, chances are you're not going to be able to accomplish it. And all those, you know, like those platitudes, you see the memes where it's like those who think they can and those who think they can't, you know, are both usually right. Mm-hmm. That's true, though. It really mm-hmm. platitudes. There is a lot of truth to those. And so, yes, and it's that's a fantastic question because like I had to, you have to, you have to, you have to tell you, like you literally, again, like you're kind of, it's interesting of how much knowledge we have of our underlying physiology, but you have to click on enough stress to get yourself convinced and tell yourself, I can accomplish, I can weave these, let's say, huge textbooks together mentally. And when you're on, you're on, you know, like it's no different than weightlifting. If you take the foot off the pedal, like you are going to lose huge parts of those textbooks, especially if you're not practicing the research involved with it. Like, mm-hmm. so you have to get on. You have to do those habits, like I said, and it's almost like a non-issue. Like that's kind of like we talk about Goggin, like, like in Huberman, like I don't want to say it, but it's easy to get frustrated with people because people will always ask you like, what do I need to do? Just even optimize myself throughout the day. 
go to bed at the right time, same time and wake up at the same time, exercise and eat eat well and don't consume, usually don't consume any substances that are going to, you know, augment or even usually alcohol. Don't drink too much alcohol and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And like we said in cycle, less than 3%, less than 3% of the population does that. And it's just like, it gets, it can get pretty aggravating, especially if you're someone who's like, no, I'm really dotting those I's and crossing those T's every day. Like, mm-hmm. and you don't even like, again, champions are made when no one's looking, you are just waking up and you're doing it. And like I said, you have to have a lot of fortitude with the whole having a central, like the idea of that you are the central figure is that when you read that, like if you read posts like Foucault and Sartre and stuff like that is some of it can be pretty morbid and you, you have to just keep telling yourself almost like you're walking through a dark room. Like I am making a choice. I am choosing to be nice to these people. I choose who I want to talk to. I choose who I want to love and share my time with. And the reward of life is in that choice. Mm-hmm. Do you, it's in the choice of, hey, in realizing that you live in a time in society when that is an option. Mm-hmm. You know, like, again, if we were working on a farm, we would all day would be sent, spent in the field and you'd be so exhausted. You're not thinking about this stuff. And that's, the only, sure. again, the emergence of civilizations and stuff like that is all dependent upon it. Yeah. I guess your question about the central. Yeah, you have to believe that. Mm-hmm. Yes, you do. Have you read Victor Frankl's Mad Search for Meaning? I've heard of it, but I've not, I don't think I've ever read it. Actually, Rick Roderick might have mentioned it, Man's Search for Meaning, but yeah. no, you're going to have to write these down. What was the other one with Robin Williams, the film, too? The Goodwill, or excuse me, the uh, Dead Poets Society. Yeah, we should yeah. definitely write them down. Uh, yeah. And yeah. Um, the the Man's Search for Meaning, that's a lot of it was about. Basically, he was a psychologist in some European country, mm-hmm. got put into the concentration camps after being a practicing psychologist for many, many years, uh, and basically made that his study. And he watched what made people survive, what made people not survive. And it was all basically the people that had a big why as to what they're going to make it through. And basically I'm here to survive, to get out and, and save my family, or, uh, I'm here so that I can go on and do great things within this field or whatever. The people that had that why, uh, and it really, in my head, it was basically the people that put themselves at a central part of a story are the ones who survived. And the ones who said, what's the point of all this are the ones who died. And there was a clear difference between the two. Yeah, uh, and De- definitely not. Yeah. At least a participant. If you're not the central part, at least I'm a participant. Mm-hmm. You know, like. No. And, and so I guess I, I feel like you could have the mindset of I'm a central part of my story, mm-hmm. even though I understand life is, uh, the earth is whimsical and you could get struck down tomorrow, right? Or or Genghis Khan can invade like it's uh, for sure. But in spite of all that, I think there's still value in, in, in doing that. But so then, then that kind of ties back to the mad search for meaning. And with that is like for you and teaching, what's that? You know what I mean? Like it's more than just teaching. It's more than just learning. Like what is it? And it's, I don't know. It's interesting to think about. So teach. So it's a fun, like, like I love I like I so I love the institutes I think so like when I talk to some of my colleagues like they like and we all really like I would be the same like I would do the same thing no mm-hmm. matter what institute I'm at teaching is just fundamental like right. so again that's the whole point like once you've you so you are so that so like I love to think that you can rise above and we definitely can but you are born to certain circumstances. So like I, if you didn't come into contact with neuroscience until you're 30 years old, you're only got, you know, this many years to work with it. You get mm-hmm. what I'm saying? What you don't, it's hard to know what you don't know. And so realizing that you can leverage someone else forward, but also just, it's a, it's a kindred spirit. They just, not a lot of people care about, you know, 
the binding of amyloid beta to different, you know, substrates or whatever it might be. And mm-hmm. so it's just like when you get when you get someone who also cares about that, it's just inherently enjoyable. The same way that when people ask you, why does dopamine feel good when it goes through these structures? It's almost a chicken and the egg. It just feels good because it's going through those structures, you know, and the nervous system that is surrounding it interprets it as a feeling of good, Mm -hmm. whatever that means. And good is filtered through society and context, you Mm -hmm. know, like, but yeah. So like my why is again i i mean and like so it would be very easy for me to get down on myself and be like well i'm not surrounded by these students or i'm not at this institute and things like that but as long as you try your best you know and you have to be humble obviously like you have to realize like hey like you know like you parents weren't college graduates like i like i had students yeah they're all their family was doctors mm-hmm. they knew exactly what they're supposed to do when they were supposed to do it things like that and when you realize that yeah sometimes it can feel unfair mm-hmm. but again you're not the central part of any story that being said start now mm-hmm. and yeah you get yeah i mean it's that's really in being okay with it like so there and there will be people who are like like I've had people like I gotta admit like you'll you'll have people who'll be condescending you know or be, you don't have ten million by the time you're twenty two but they don't mm. even know how much you actually do have right. you know and it's just like and I think the thing you should tell yourself is that they're also struggling with the same things that everyone else is struggling with mm-hmm. like that's the thing that you realize when you talk to all pretty a lot of different types of people is on different continents even is we all are struggling with the same answer because nobody has an answer to what it is you know Mm -hmm. like some people will claim they do what is that lawrence kohlberg effect that those who who have a very low understanding of it will sometimes feel the most confident you know it's like Mm -hmm. maybe you don't have as clear and but like the thing is is like people with the whole money thing like yes there are many millionaires floating around and stuff like that but don't let the statistic get lost on you that like i think it's somewhere around 70 i don't i don't want to throw out too hard of a number a huge proportion of the united states can't even write you a check for 600 dollars without the fear of it bouncing mm-hmm. so anybody who out who's out there casting stones you really just need to let it slide off that's easier said than done that's like my again that's some conversations that i have in my household like because people are cruel mm-hmm. people will hurt you people large groups will not will not want you to succeed that happens mm-hmm but it's how you you know just keep going yeah a lot of it i feel like isn't the casting stones it's the uh internalized comparison that you'll have through like youtube videos and tiktoks of like financial gurus or something like that or uh, influencers and stuff like that where you're they're not throwing stones at you but if if you if you watch these metrics you should be on seven months of vacation per year you should have 10 million dollars whatever you know what i mean uh it's just uh Again, I think it's a lot of traps, a lot of traps in those spaces. Yeah, no, I Uh, agree. And you definitely can't. And so, and there are individuals who will, like, again, we talked about it, like a lot of people measure success with, like, even like in areas where like, they'll be like, I'm worth this much. So like somehow that gives you credibility in this field. Like Mm -hmm. that does nothing, you know, like the thing is, is if you're frugal, like, so again, it's, we're, there's a lot of assumptions we've already built into the conversation. So like there are a huge portion, like I said, if 3% of the population is less than 3% of the population is sleeping well, exercising and not abusing some kind of narcotic that you're dealing with 97% of the population that has these already, these hurdles Mm -hmm. that you kind of got to get over the, and like, again, I love that, like I'm having a fantastic aha moment, like, but the fact that we're sitting here and like, I had pointed that out in a course was, Hey, we're sitting in a classroom 
where college degrees aren't even, you know, like in this city, in the city that we were in, they were rather low. Mm -hmm. And so you have this small group that's discussing these huge esoteric things sometimes where for the average person who is finally starting to realize I have a choice, but I have three kids out of wedlock and, you know, my spouse isn't helping me. I got a lot, you know, mm -hmm. like that's a lot to overcome, you know, or just to try to say, I want to study research, all, but I know there are people like there are like individuals in my labs where I'm just like, what have you overcome to do what you're doing now? And like, but it never was just one thing. Like I've heard that there's that uh, famous speech where he's like, or Ted talk where he talks about what is your why, mm -hmm. you know, and that's, I kind of drew on that. And sure. when I was talking about what I was talking about, but yeah, if, and so even if no student showed up, I would still be doing what I'm doing. Sure. And so, but they just have started showing up. They've always shown up, you know, not always a lot of them and sometimes more than others. And some are not interested and it's, and that's fine. Mm -hmm. And like, again, like I'll give, sometimes I'll give a book to the class and it's like, and I even tell them about based off of the data, 20% of you are going to get an aha moment out of this book. Five of you are going to be like, I don't know what even the point of this is, you know, like, what you can lead a horse to water but again you can't mm -hmm. make them drink and so timing is everything i will say there i have you've i mean you probably had moments too where you're like ah, i have been told i should have did that sooner and i didn't mm -hmm. do it you know what for i'm sure. saying for sure like information is great information at the right time is even better mm -hmm. you know that timing timing is everything it's amazing how much you can accomplish if you just go at it yeah no, it's interesting. Like the, this podcast has been just exploring people, right. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and what makes this person unique and individual. And I would say it's almost making that each individual person, a central part of a story. You know what I mean? And finding huge like enjoyment out of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, I, I learned from it, but I think, I think there's just value from it. Well, you had a great point that you gain perspective by looking at others. Yeah. Like, and realizing that some of the things that are the most fundamental to you mean nothing to, or not nothing, but they've just never thought about it. Mm -hmm. You know, they never read whatever that book was, you know, Lassie, mm -hmm. whatever it was, you know, like, and that is, so you can, and there is multiple types of successful. There is thousands of perfect. I mean, so like, again, I, if we're going to use, I keep using sports as an example, but any field, like. There isn't a right way to do it. There's going to be people in that organization that are going to try to tell you there's a right way to do it. But, you know, like I, again, you, I, I remember, I can't remember the researcher's name, but she was a very prestigious researcher, not from the United States, but she was, she was working in the United States and she was talking about, um, students in the United States and how she was, some kids would come in and they would talk with an upward affliction. Like everything was a question. And she's like, that drove me crazy. But in reality, I realized that they were had great insight underneath of that, just their delivery of whatever it was. And so, I don't know. I, I try to give a lot of room to kind of hear people, you know, and sometimes I do fear that. I fear I sometimes miss things. That's a big one with me. But, hmm. yeah, just getting to know them. I, I agree. Sorry. What do you mean fear you miss things? Like, uh, fear, the like, sometimes that I... Um, Like, so I had a a, core, a researcher that I worked with where if you didn't ask him a question, he wouldn't give you anything. Like he wouldn't, he just didn't talk very much. But if you asked him a question like, hey, what is this mechanism of whatever, P53, just pour it out on you. Good stuff. And I'm just like, oh, 
Hmm. You know, like, I got a bunch of questions I probably should have asked, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and like, so like those things, and that's fine too. Like, again, you just, it's so hard because like, don't get me wrong, I can be very hard on myself, especially in my, my, your, what's your internal voice sound like? Like, how do you talk to yourself in your head? But uh, you really should just try to give yourself a little bit of, you know, leeway. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, you didn't ask. That's fine. It's fine. It mm-hmm. really is fine. You don't go ask now or see what you can do now. But, like, yeah, you just you miss things. You don't ask people things. Or, like, I would have colleagues that would have done, um, like, battlefield surgeon or something like that. And I'm just like, you never mentioned it. You, you never asked. You know, like, yeah. you know, like, oh, okay, you know, next time. And just, I mean... Yeah, I, I dig those moments. I like those moments of clarity where you realize that you're part of this hum, huge human web and you're just like, you're part of it. I mean, your central story, obviously, but right. you, and just be okay with it. Like, mm-hmm. I think a big thing is building fortitude against people who are going to tell you that you're not doing it right. Sure. Which you should listen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you should always listen to what they say, but no, you yeah. know, like it depends on a lot of things like perspective and stuff like that, but they will, they'll try to tell you cause they don't feel good probably about themselves in that moment. That's mm-hmm. the only reason they're telling you that, you know, like, cause again, uh, like think about all the people, you know, even the ones that struggled financially, most of them have a house. Mm-hmm. Most of them have some food. Yeah. They might be struggling. They, a lot of people are struggling week to week, but they have those basic necessities. And so like those things that used to be a huge struggle for most of humanity's history. Like, so the point is, is like, I bet you they're not satisfied with that money. And that's why they're doing it, why they're saying what they're saying. Like, oh, you, they're trying to create a gap so that they can see in you that you, that they can create, oh, look, someone else wants it. So it has value because that's a, like, I mean, you talk again, like there's these like trends of like describing human behavior and like a reason why a person will do the things is either one for esteem, mm-hmm. like the prestige of the position or, you know, gain financially or internally motivated. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm okay. Like, so like, and like, so I've been thinking a lot about like, again, I can't keep drawing on all these figures, but like Einstein, he refused to let them turn his, his, his office and his home into a museum. Cause he was just part of the fabric. Like hmm. me. And like, that's, he was, you know, and like a lot of, you don't realize it, but a lot of these older researchers, there were tons of money, not tons of money, but you know, like mm-hmm. the Nobel prize is a million dollars. Not that the money even matters because the research is going to cost more than that, but that's not it. Yeah, that I can tell you, I'm nearly positive that just so money's not everything. Having none is, but once you've again, and there's that basic psychological experiment where once you reach the median income for that area, the more money you get, there's almost no satisfaction gained. Mm-hmm. You are just that's it, you know, because the basics are taken care of. Now you have to deal with the real question of what do you want to do with the day? Mm-hmm. You know, what do you want to do with the day? And like again, if you're good, like. If you like it, you'll get good at it. Cake Boss started somewhere. Cake Boss. Yeah. No, it's good. It's uh, the, the along the teaching side, I was thinking like you could imagine a, uh, a new person in a role. For whatever reason, I don't know, the teaching side for me, I feel drawn to because it's like you've been through those pains, you've been through those struggles. It's like, why not help somebody else get through them quicker? Uh, but then I was thinking about like a, a, a new, I think about a new position and, or a newcomer in a new job, say some blue collar setting or mm-hmm. whatever it might be, right? And there's certain lessons they have to go through. There's two types of people. One that'll be like, hey, come here, buddy. Let me let me walk you along. The other's like, he'll figure it out or good luck. I had to go through it. You're going to go through it, you know? And I think the type of person that's like, hey, come on, let me let me help you figure this out is the one that that's who you are, right? Um I don't know what that is or why that is, but I think if that's who you are, you should do that. You should lean in on that. Yeah. 
because life is cruel i mean it is no joke like life is cruel mm-hmm. it can be terribly cruel you know you can see and so there's a great song i mean like so i love country music my wife my wife does not like country music, but humble and kind oh, yeah. Tim McGraw, yeah. and you know turn around mm-hmm. like you got to turn around not that i even again i feel like i haven't done anything so like that's that's a that if if i have like if i can you know cast or be self-deprecating or cast a stone at myself like I don't feel like I've done anything. And mm-hmm. So like, and that's a huge, that's usually what you'll struggle with is like, but being okay, like really telling yourself like, Hey, you know, cause you'll have other people around you going, Hey, good job. You know, like this is good. And it's just like, I don't feel like, I mean, yeah, you can compare yourself to others, but just even knowing within yourself, like, Hey, I, I did, you know, I could have done a little bit more or did whatever, but yeah, you definitely, there is a rewarding aspect of, cause especially so i guess coming to gcc like that was a big thing was i i actually even said that to my wife was i was like i can change i I can i some of these kids not all of them because some of them have you know have had exposure but i can tell them some things that are gonna knock the door wide open Mm -hmm. they're gonna be like that's a thing like yeah that's a thing Mm because like again not figuring out what you don't want to do and what you do want to do and that was i knew that that was going to be an opportunity that there was going to be a lot of conversation that could go on maybe not as much research as i would necessarily like but that you can yeah like yeah exactly that you can again and it's such a rewarding feeling i mean maybe you remember early on when you were you know just so like yes let's learn about all that and someone came along with something where you're like i'm starting to get at the underneath of humanity and underneath of existence and I, yeah i love being the one to show that door and mm-hmm. try to show that door in a way that's not too biased sure. like, so like these are all the ways you could think about this you know and sometimes people get sometimes students will get frustrated because they're just like tell me what i'm like mm-hmm. there is i don't know there's guaranteed i think there's probably several ways to do this correctly you know like but yeah it is extremely enjoyable and like quality over quantity is a big thing like you get one or two students and i like i even say to the class I, I mean, I have enjoyed, like, so my wife really likes The Hobbit. Like, so, like, the, the Tolkien series, oh, sure, yeah. the Ring stuff yeah. like that. She, I, she read, I think she read The Hobbit, but she really enjoys it. And I, I enjoy the romanticizing of, yeah, of of almost, like, so basic. Like, imagine me and you just sitting on a rock. There's not too much in this world, but I'm going to sit here and you're going to go off and you're going to do great things. Like, mm-hmm. I'm talking, and they do. Like, I've already, I'm super, I'm pretty i'm young and so like i've but i've had students that have already come back and what they've already accomplished is leaps and bounds ahead of what if like on paper like their cv is much larger they've checked boxes much earlier things mm-hmm. like that you know but that's the gift of being a teacher gift of being a parent too right sure it's weird though trying to translate being a teacher to being a parent that's definitely yeah. it's a different type of relationship it's it's interesting and like i've seen even my wife she's pushed into parts of her education to try to fill gaps that she feels like maybe or i'm and i'm kind of reading into this a little bit and she's agreed with some of it but uh like gaps that she wants to fill to help our children mm-hmm. you know and she went so she went and sought that in the same way that, and that's how i see education is just filling whatever that you know you're just a kid on a beach with a pebble really mm-hmm. i mean it sounds so naive and so but like there was a yamaka i can't think of what his name is he won the nobel prize for uh for moving moving cells back to germline and then moving them forward to stem cells so 
But so he realized that you can scrape off, let's say, some skin cells and using different chemical factors and different uh, biological agents, you can move the cells back to their germline, ectoderm, endoderm, and then move them forward to whatever tissue you want them to be. And then you can transplant them. Mm -hmm. Got the Nobel Prize. But when they interviewed him, he's like, I was never competing. He's like, I was, I mean, he secretly probably was, you know, Mm -hmm. with himself. Like, that's the biggest thing for me is I really, so like, and again, we talked a little bit about CrossFit or exercising, just exercising in general things that push you you really should only be competing with yourself like you should use them as a reference but you have your number and that's how you're going to make measurable goals every day Mm -hmm. like i read one article today like oh this guy's reading four articles a day no you're reading one article you haven't even accomplished that goal let's get that one under control and then we'll go from there Mm -hmm. right and yeah and it is extremely rewarding when students really latch on you know like because you you really just ratchet effect like so only going forward with just the right piece of information at the right time you could accelerate their life by almost 10 years you Mm -hmm. know in a goal direction you get what i'm saying for sure still gonna have to struggle with those own things and they're gonna have tragedies car accidents happen things happen you know Mm -hmm. sickness cancer like there are gonna be things that these little tidbits aren't gonna be able to they'll sit with you but yeah yeah Yeah. can you no i appreciate it all zach but i I was curious too can you settle something for me i don't know and i'm sure you got all kinds of different answers for this but like what's the random side question what's the what's the etiquette around like doctors like i'm supposed to refer to you as dr zach bauer right uh but there's a part of me like i want to be your friend and if i'm sitting here like hello doctor it it removes that friend barrier yeah you know what i mean and and so all of my life doctors were old older than me yeah. at least so it was like no problem doctor but and then at a certain point you're like i start realizing like hey i've got doctors younger than me should i be calling you doctor or not like what's the etiquette there but on top of it do you, yeah what's that whole world friend no i mean it it's so it's very it depends on so there's always what i'm saying there's always shades of gray right mm-hmm. um that etiquette is ch- is changing so okay. like just to give a subtle example like phd used to have two more like so you would usually put um a period in there or mm-hmm. you know uh, like in the two period sorry so uh, usually after the h and after the d and now that's kind of being dropped like so mm-hmm. you're just writing that acronym just as it is mm-hmm. and that is considered like oh you're very new and trendy you know and like also the institute that you're at like so like and that's kind of what my friends had joked but they're like do you demand your students call you doctor and i'm like no so i've always so again it comes down to the individual it's going to come heavily down to the individual usually the etiquette is you lead with doctor so Mm -hmm. i often will refer to like let's say i meet a new person in a new facility i'll say hello doctor xyz Mm -hmm. usually there'll be the you can call me you know sure. you can call me jim you can call me you know whatever it might be and mm-hmm. usually i'm pretty up okay with it there is something to the title of in like there's a fine line between in like so okay meaning that i've always been one where if you have to stand on your title your logic probably isn't too strong mm-hmm. i mentioned that in class like so like if you have to be i'm a doctor like okay Mm -hmm. what's your rationale for your your whatever you just said you know like i get that and there there has been situations where someone will be like i'm a doctor Mm -hmm. well so are we you know and it's like now what do you have to explain what you did you know like mds are a little sometimes more it's doctor it's a medical doctor and you should refer to them as doctors so like when when my doctor comes in the room i usually will say hello doctor Mm -hmm. you know and it, but it heavily depends and so like at a co- like so at a college like a community college 
where I'm the only PhD. Yeah, and often the, you also get the fact that at those institutes, a lot of people haven't fully grasped like the difference between an instructor and a professor. And so like often they'll call me professor, which isn't necessarily correct. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm an instructor, but it, it's usually, I'm so for me, I'm usually pretty easy going with it. And yeah. it, it did catch me off guard the first couple of times some people called me doctor because imposter syndrome is a big thing. Mm-hmm. Like never feeling like you actually have got, like again, even... And calling me doctor in front of like any of the individuals that we mentioned, like the people, it, I would just be like, I'm a child compared to yeah. them. I mean, not to be too self-deprecating, but it's like, what does that mean? And then, but it also is humbling because you realize how many doctors there are. I mean, there's a far less MDs, but even just PhDs. So like with Alma College, you know, like there's, I believe they have over 70% of their staff as a PhD, you mm-hmm. know? And so it's like, or MD and versus it was one of however many you know here Mm -hmm. and so that is that's usually the proper etiquette so i would suggest anybody to lead with doctor like hello dr let's say bowers in this example hello dr bowers and then usually they would say you know it's fine if you call me zach or mr bowers or whatever it might be and it's usually body tone is a big thing too and usually in labs so like let's say you came into our lab like it would be hello dr bowers and i would you know it's fine and then Mm -hmm. it would be zach you know or zachary whatever you prefer to be called or whatever you want to be identified with and but yeah there are some people that are i'm doctor even to other doctors they're like it's doctor blah you know and like there are people who will wear their coat their lab coat all the time you know because there's a psychological experience like so like there's several experiments that back that up you know Mm -hmm. where authority figures like what people are willing to do if you're just wearing a lab coat Mm -hmm. it's ridiculous you know it's i mean not ridiculous i get it they see it as a sign of that this person knows what they're doing right you know if i come in and just a t-shirt and whatever chances of you taking me seriously are a little less you know Mm -hmm. or just willing to participate it's interesting those subtleties, but I think that was a good yeah. a fine answer. Yeah, no, I was just curious about that because I, I struggle in that is just knowing how to call me Zach. How to for navigate. sure, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Call me Zach. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. No, is there uh is there anything we're missing? I mean we've kind of touched on a lot of things. We've covered a lot. Uh anything that we got brought up that we should have dove into or anything that I I can't think of anything right now. I mean obviously we could keep rolling, but it's right. I mean there's all of human existence right no, yeah i mean it's yeah it's, i think that we did a great job we stayed pretty good to our theme you know i i hope i addressed the whole like what is the why of being a teacher and mm-hmm. being an instructor but yeah i think you did yeah yeah and not that you have to i was just curious for you what is it you know no that's helpful for me i'm gonna go and sit and think about that it's definitely a great tool and like also that the uh, uh obituary and things like that that's a great yeah. tool I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna sit and think about that but yeah it's interesting but thank you Zach appreciate it thanks for hopping on thank you hey guys thank you for listening today I hope you enjoyed it if you have and you feel so inclined share this podcast with your friends subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen and give us some feedback with a review until next time thank you